had to find this car, got in, got the luggage in the car. As I like put the car down, I was like, ugh, that's weird. It's like where I touched was kind of like gross. Get in the car and I look and I'm like, you can't see out the front window. It's like covered in like, um, like bug splatter and like bird shit. Like, then I look to try to look out the mirrors and they're all, they're like, I don't even, the only word I can, it says if somebody has smeared Crisco over <laughs> both of them, <laughs> over both of the side view mirrors. And I was like, I fucking love it. And I like got, I just fucking went for it. I just left. How's it going? It's going. It's. I'm so happy to see you sitting in Emily Beebe's house across town. You know what? I'm so close. We could have done this in person. I know. But then I also was like, you probably have a lot going on and it's just as easy to, you know what I mean? I felt like it might be easier on you to just open your laptop and do it and not have to worry about me coming over there. I know, but if you had come over here, maybe the sound would have been hooked up right. Because <laughs> you would have done it. <laughs> it's all right. I know. I was gonna say. I was gonna suggest that Josh maybe would pop over and hook you up, but he's actually out of town. So, Josh, we love you. We hope you're having fun visiting your family, traveling yeah. the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's traveling. Everyone is traveling. Everyone's traveling. But you know what's so good about Josh? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm still going to edit the podcast no matter where I am. He's, well, he's, he's I mean, traveling true, that guy. Also, that is the ben- that is one of the things that we've learned in the last few years. You can kind of do most things anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is the single upside to... The world falling apart is like realizing what you actually have to be there in person to do versus like what you can kind of just knock out on your own. Um, most things you don't have to be in person. Yeah, most things not. <laughs> Turns out. Most things not. I, it always makes me think back to my first days in television when. If you were a PA on a show, you'd be like driving around town in a taxi cab with a bag full of half-inch videotapes, like taking them to an edit facility. That is like, that doesn't even exist anymore. Do you know how many shows I worked on that was that were completely jeopardized because like a PA left a bag of tapes in a taxi? Yeah. Like whole, ep- whole episodes just lost driving around New York City by themselves, like, you know. Like home alone. But now it's not even a thing. It's just, it's there. It's on a drive. Everyone has it. It's kind of insane. It's kind of insane. Yeah. So much easier. Um, Jenny Connor just texted me, Casey helped me a lot today. Oh. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> 
Jenny Connor, I was actually going to bring this up. Uh, Jenny Connor posted that she on Instagram that she's going away for six weeks, uh-huh. and she was taking a poll of people how long they thought she should uh, reserve to pack for going away for six weeks. And so I answered the poll. I said you should give yourself a week. There were other choices, like do it at the last minute, start now, whatever, whatever. But then she also solicited advice. She said, does anyone have packing tips? And so I did have packing tips. And I actually realized as I was sending her my packing tips that, like, I take a lot of pride and joy in um, my methods for, like, packing for a trip even when it stresses me out. But, like, sharing that knowledge with her, that knowledge or that experience or whatever, or what what do you even call it? Affinity for packing? Um, that it made me happy. It was, like, it was my pleasure to share my point of view on packing. And so you know that would be great. What? If you could help me. <laughs> I mean, here, do you want me to share what I shared with Jenny? Duh. Okay. Here's what I say for this. Um, She's going for six weeks. That's a long time. But generally, you're going for like a week, two weeks, maybe a month. I've gone away for long, uh, long stretches of time at a time like throughout my life, even since I was a kid. So um, my first suggestion when you're packing for a trip is to adopt a color story for the trip. So that means like... It can be black and white. It can be, you know, that's very basic. I have also recently, I always like a teal moment. So Mm -hmm. teal and yellow or uh, magenta and navy blue is has been like my most recent. So you just adopt that color story and then you only that you gave yourself a universe. Like you gave yourself, you're only going to pack things that work in that color story. So you're not even worried about your green hoodie or do you bring your purple pants or whatever. They're, they're off the table because they're not part of your color story. And then my closets are arranged in by rainbow colors. So it's super easy for me because I can just grab out the magenta section and grab out the navy blue section and start putting together outfits. So I told her I would pick one or two color stories. And if they worked together, all the better. So maybe like black and white and like maybe navy blue and red or whatever. And then just pull those clothes and then like make your outfits like I said that I make a chart for the days um just to make sure that I have enough stuff mostly and even if I don't wear it in the in the order that I put it down in the chart it's fine I just know that I have enough but you want to pick things that you know work with a bunch of different things so like if you have white jeans do they work with a black top do they work with a blue sweater do they you know just all that kind of stuff like it's like granimals basically did you have granimals when you were a little kid no wait maybe yes Granimals were like, um, I don't even know where they, maybe they sold them at Kmart or whatever, but they were children's clothings that um, had, if you got a, a tag, a top with a lion tag, all you, your mom or dad had to do was match it with bottoms with a lion tag. And then you knew that it was like a go-together outfit. Well, so you knew all your lion tops went with all your lion pants and vice versa. Are you going to make the adult version of that? <laughs> I would love to. I mean, honestly, like, I would love to. I'm always fascinated by 
clothing that does like double duty. That's another thing that I told Jenny. I was like, try to find things that are double duty. Two of my favorite things that are double duty in my closet are a coat dress or a shirt dress often works as like a coat. So you can wear it as a dress one day when you want to look nice, but you can also like throw it on opened up all the way over like jeans and a t-shirt or whatever. And that's like a polished outfit. The other second thing that I really love, and this is really, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I have these little bamboo nightgowns that I love, and I've gotten them a number of places, but you can order them on Amazon. But they're just like, they can either be like spaghetti straps or they can be like t-shirts, basically, Mm -hmm. like long Mm t-shirts. They work really well as nightgowns, but also cute dresses if you are, you know, sort of trying to put together... Go together outfits. So you can like throw a sweater on over one of these bamboo nightgowns, or you can put a jean jacket over it, or you can put a blazer, or you can put a t shirt under it if you're, if it's a little spaghetti strap one, like, you know, 90s Delia's vibes. And they really work like double duty and they wash really well and they pack really well. They're small, they don't take up any room at all. So, like, I, I love stuff like that. I love a skirt that can also be a top that can also be a belt. You know what I mean? So I think like... Well, you know what you would probably like to bring back? (laughs) But Emily, my TBT photo that I posted the other day. yes, units. units. Yes, I meant to look Or multiples. Lots of people in the comments were saying multiples in it. There there were two brands, guys. There was units and there was multiples. And like Emily's feeling is that multiples was the original and units was like the department store or the brand that then ended up like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's right. I didn't Google it. I'm sure we could find out, but I don't need to Google it. I I like it just existing in its memory. (laughs) But basically guys, if you don't know, they were tubes of fabric essentially that you could wear lots of different ways I do see them sometimes on Instagram. I not not units and multiples, but like I do get advertised sometimes on Instagram. Like, you know, a lady who's like wearing a skirt and then she like pulls it up and ties it around her neck and whatever. Like, right? Those those things for me, I have to say, have never worked. I can't ever remember how to do the thing, like what you're supposed to do with that. No. Yeah, and it always just ends up like languishing in my closet. Like, yes. Here's what, here's what happened to me this week with the packing. And I started to write a little bit about it my, in the Substack. Um, but I didn't finish this. I didn't finish the post. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't posted it yet. But like part of me was that I think I was being willfully, like I didn't, I, I've, I was avoiding coming to Los Angeles. I've had, yeah. I've been having like an issue. I, in case you guys can't tell, yeah, I've been having a bit of a time in a my time. brain, yeah. And um, I actually sort of reframed the whole idea of coming to LA for myself, yeah. Um, which is that I'm just. I'm here to see some friends. I'm just here to see friends. Yeah. Like, because I think I was like putting a lot on it. Like, do I want to live back in LA? Am I happier there? Am I, and it's so interesting that our guest today 
you know, sort of begin, like we talk, we begin our talk with her about the idea of happiness. It's like one of the first things we talk about. Um, Because I think sometimes we all like get a little fixated on that. And I think I certainly do. Yeah. Um, And I think I have been specifically fixated on it in regards to where I'm living. Right. And like the idea of home, you know? And uh, so anyway, I was just having like real avoidant behavior. And then um, I woke up on Sunday and it was like, oh, I have to pack. I've got to go. But then I had to spend like at least 45 minutes making, doing an Instagram post for Sarah Bareilles. (laughs) Then I was like, I don't know. It just was, I was just taking my sweet time until... Mark was like, hey, busy. Uh, I think if you don't go to the airport right now, you're not going to make this flight. So I got in the car and went to the airport. On my way to the airport, I was like, my stomach is killing me. Mm. IBS. Yeah. Got to the airport. I had the worst IBS. And I like barely, truly did barely make it. Like yeah. in time to get my bags Checked. Well, everybody else has to leave an hour for security and you have to leave ni- like 90 minutes for security and IBS. Longer than that, babe. <laughs> oh, no. No, but also I don't ever have to leave that much for security because I have like pre-check and I right. have the other thing, that clear thing. So I'm like yeah. a little bit of, I've been pushing it. I have been pushing it. Yeah. I pushed it. And then I made it through security and I was like, oh, my, I'm going to not be able to make it to the gate even. I am about to have the worst IBS. And so I did have the worst IBS. And then I looked at the, and I was like in the bathroom, I was just like, just, I can't, I can't move. I just have to like get this out of my system. Ugh. And then finally I was like, all right, I guess I got to make a gate. And I go to my gate and they're literally like, as I'm walking towards the gate, I hear this is the final boarding call for flight 306 to Los Angeles. If you are not on the plane at this time, we're going to be closing the doors momentarily. Like it was like, oh it was the God. last fucking person on the plane, which I've never been. Wow. You know, also Gina was supposed to be with me, but we, I didn't get her like doggo approval. Right. In time. And then I was really upset about that too. Yeah. And then I was really annoyed on the plane. It just was like, I've been having a moment. A moment. Yeah. You don't need to get into all of it. <laughs> we really don't. We really don't. It's like, it's fine. It is what it is. And I'm here and I'm visiting friends. And Birdie was here. And had Birdie not already been here, because what happened was Mark and Mark ended up taking Birdie here for a week. And yeah. then he flew back to... New York, because Cricket's still in school for another week. Right. Um, so he flew back to New York. Birdie stayed the night with friends. And then I had to fly on Sunday right. to be with Birdie. <laughs> yeah, to collect your child. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad that you said that you reframed it and like took some of the pressure off of it because I have to think that 
I have to think that I want to say this the right way. I have to believe that coming back to L.A. for you a little bit must be like seeing an ex with like a new partner. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Like you still care about that person and you want the best for them, but it's just weird to like run into them and to see all these old places that, you know, it's literally L.A. is made up of places. And like the opposite I think is true, like, you know, the same could be said for me going back to New York City. But I think the difference between you and I is that, like, I was done with New York City. You know what I mean? Like, I was done with New York City a long time before and a number of times. So I was, like, ready to break up with New York City. Um, But you also didn't even live in New York City. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You just worked there at the end. Yeah, but, you know, you, listen, you live through 9-11 in New York City, and it's always your city. You know what I mean? But I was ready to, I was 100% ready to move on from New York City, I think. And, um, but I don't know that you were able to get that closure because of the weird circumstances under which you, like, left the West Coast for the East Coast. Great circumstances in many ways and really, really fortunate in many ways. But also, like, I think it might have been hard for you to, like, get any kind of, like, not even closure because there's nothing to close. You know what I mean? Like, there's, L.A. is here and it will still be here. But also, like, talking about not knowing what's going to happen with your life. Like, you know, you were making decisions in the moment um, that just as things came up the best that you could and, like, it's led you to this place. But it must be weird to be back here. It is weird. It is very fucking weird. And it feels weird. And, like, yeah, there's a lot... um, there's a lot there for me yeah. in different directions. Yeah. You know? Um, but if I'm just going to skip ahead to what I'm doing my best at this week, which we're not <laughs> even there yet, but I'm going to. I'm just going to do it. Do it. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Do it. Here's what I'm doing my best at this week, like letting go of things that aren't for me, like in terms of aren't for me to figure out, aren't for me to know, not my grief grief to carry, not my job to fix someone else, not my job to make someone else want to do a thing that they don't right. want to do or be a way that they don't want to be. Not my job, not my thing. I'm letting it go. I'm not in the fucking market any longer to push so fucking hard right for things that end up just like breaking my heart a little bit yeah and I'm just kind of letting it go I guess I I don't know letting go and so like even letting go of the idea that like that LA is anything other than just like it's a place that you visit that sometimes people live (laughs) yeah and then sometimes you don't live there and then, you know, and you, it's, it's a city. It's a city in this country. Um, and letting go of like on the, in the bigger sense. And we talk a little, we talk about this um, with our guest. 
um, that I don't fucking have the answers. I don't right. know what the future is. Right. No two weeks, four weeks, or however long I spend here this summer is going to tell me what's going to happen if I'm going to live here in the future. Maybe I will. Maybe right. I fucking won't. I don't know. I didn't know I was going to move to New York. Right. I wouldn't right. have told you th- a week before that I was going to go to New York. I had no idea. And right. here we are. Right. And I think, I don't know. I think I've just been really holding on to so many ideas. That's what I'm letting go of. Ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Not thing, like not actual fucking things, ideas, ideas of like what people could be or ideas of what, like the possibility of a thing could be. Right. Work or relationships or fucking anything or a place or a house or a town or a city. And it's like, I can't, what am I holding on to all these ideas for? Let's just like, let it go. And see what fucking happens. Right. So I'm doing my best at attempting to let it all go. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good because, and again, I'm sure somebody has articulated this in a in a meme or whatever, but like when you let go, like your hands are open and your heart is open to like receive whatever's ready to come into it, you know? And yeah. And I also like really sort of, I don't know. It's fucking weird. And it's, it's it's weird or too short. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's both. It's both. And it's both at the same fucking time. One time when I worked in the nursing home, this woman who she was fabulous woman, she had like, she was really quiet and kind of shy. You really had to like make an effort to sort of um, get anything out of her. But when you did, she had great stories and she had just kind of lived this amazing life. She had like kind of lived on cruise ships, sort of. She was like wealthy and privileged enough to have, to have done that. And I think um, she expected at some point that she would marry, meet someone, marry and settle down and have children. And, and she never did. And um, one time she said to me, she said to me, I used to be afraid to die when I was your age. I used to be so afraid to die. And now I'm afraid that I never will. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that fucking makes a huge amount of sense. You know what I mean? Like she was... She was ready for things to come to a close. But I think her point was that she had wasted so much of this fabulous period of her life where she was really, like, living the dream, some people's dream. I don't know if it was exactly all of her dreams, but I think I have to believe that she enjoyed it on some level because she she did it in a time when, you know, most other women weren't living like that. Um she wasted a lot of that time worrying that she was, like, actively going to die, you know? Like, like just turning that over and over in her mind when she should have been looking at the fucking view from the ship that she was on or whatever, you know? So it is both. It is both. And I think the secret about, like, what you were saying about letting things go, like, 
It doesn't mean that nothing is going to ever break your heart again. You know what I mean? Like your heart's, everybody's heart is going to get broken. Your heart is going to get broken. Oh, by the by way, things you that see, you like in two days, you know yeah, what I mean? I, it, yeah, of course. No, I know that. But there's, no, but there's like, no reason that you need to like let every, like whatever's about to break your heart or going to break your heart. You also don't need to let it like pull you down under water either because like, right. you know, it's just like, yeah, it's going to happen. But I just feel like sometimes like, we're trying to gather everything up and the thing that we're trying to like hold on to and gather up and hold together will fucking like explode and rip our arms off and like beat us with our own arms. And it's just like, I could have done this in a much more easy way. I could have, I could have given myself some distance from this, you know, and that is so hard to do. It's so hard to do. And so I'm so proud of you for like, just making a conscious effort to do it because I know you, you know, and I know myself and I know that it's just hard not to rush in and try to grab everything up, you know, and hold it where you hold it, where you feel safe, where you can keep an eye on it, you yeah. know, but you just can't, you just can't. And also it's just no way to live. Even if you could, it's just no way to live in that like constant vigilance of like, like try, almost trying to will things to be a way that you think it would be best or easiest for them to be because like no one, nothing is going to bend to your, to your will in that way. And yeah. in fact, I'm sure it feels often like people are doing exactly the opposite of like for sure. what you would wish, you know? Yes. Um, but man, have I been there a million times just like being like, why, why can't, it, you just be e like, why can't you make this easy for us? <laughs> why can't you just do this this way this one time? But it it has never worked one time in my life. I don't not think how it works. No, that's not how it fucking works. <laughs> but I'm so proud of you, and I hope that doing that has made it so that you can be like, you know, feeling feeling like you're enjoying your time. Oh, I don't know if I'm if that's true yet, but and um, no, no, but I it's okay. Like I'm okay. Yeah. Um. Gina is coming. She is. How's she getting here? Unaccompanied minor. <laughs> yeah, she's an unaccompanied <laughs> minor. No. Um. Her dog trainer who lives in Los Angeles, the one that trained her when she was a puppy. Yeah. Like, was in New York for another job because she does oh like, my gosh. All, yeah, she does like all kinds of stuff. Wow. The dog trainer. Yeah. And so she can fly her back. That's amazing. <laughs> what a great coincidence. I know. That's so good. Oh, well, I'm glad that's exciting. Have you eat, have you gotten to eat anything that you've missed? Well, no, because you know, tonight is the first night that Petty Cash will be open since I got here. Exciting. Yes. Uh, it is. Uh, um, it is exciting. So I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about going there. Um, I also was like, I don't know. I don't know. I want to go to all time. You know, I love all time. Yeah. I didn't get my turkey sandwich yet. See? Um, 
so many things to look forward to. Listen, yeah. So many foods to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to like, ugh, I don't know. Aww. Everything's weird. It's a weird time. I think it is a weird time though, isn't it? It is. I'm not wrong. Yeah, I mean. It feels weird. Yeah, I mean, our former president was booked and fingerprinted today. That's weird. Yeah, and what's happening? There's like, and there's like something happening in Florida. Oh, God. And the bridge collapsing in Philadelphia. I hope everyone. That was fucking crazy. Philadelphia is okay. What a drag. I mean, that's crazy. It's really messed up. It's messed up Philadelphia, you know. Um. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of weird stuff. I know things feel weird. Yeah, but just like let's just go like um, let's just do it backwards. What are you doing your best at? Oh, I um, I got some dumbbells and I'm trying to like do some little exercises just because. Like, listen, I'm not gonna. If there's, like, an apocalypse or whatever, I'm not trying to kid myself that I will, like, uh, beat the apocalypse. You know what I mean? Like, I'll probably pretty much surrender. But, like, say if, like, a tall person needs the Heimlich maneuver or something, I would like to be, like, strong enough to do that, you know? So... That is um that is what I'm doing my best at. I've just been like trying to do that consistently for a couple of weeks. And also, we talk a little bit about this in the podcast later too, um just about like my need to know that I'm doing something properly and mm. exactly right. Mm. And like I'm just like I try to always remember do you remember when Terry Crews uh, came on Busy Tonight and he talked about going to the gym and he said he just thinks of it. He doesn't dread it. He thinks of it like going to the spa. Like yeah. he's like, I just do everything really slowly and I like look through a magazine that I, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't ordinarily like allow myself to just sit around reading a magazine. And so I just look at it as like a little spa trip. So I've been just trying to do that and be like, I don't have to like do this so hard that it hurts so much that I don't want to do it ever again. I just have to do it enough, like a little bit, and it doesn't have to be perfect. And um, if it makes me like a little stronger, then that's, you know, then that's enough. So that's really it. Not too exciting, but the dumbbells are cute. Did you get them at Target? I did. Do they have gold on them? They don't. I saw those, but I got like the um the like mint green ones that yeah, I did see the gold ones though. <laughs> what else is going on? I can tell you what um I did not do my best at this week, which is that I thought that I was being a good mom by um uh oh anytime the, you start a sentence anytime <laughs> anytime you start the sentence I thought I was being a good mom guys I'm going to tell you not, what, it, I'm going to tell you what comes next you weren't <laughs> It's not that bad it's that the boys have their own like towels and washcloths like separate from ours and so somebody had washed a load of them and put them in the dryer and then I was like you know what they're not here right now I'm gonna take them out and fold them and then put them in their bathroom Mm -hmm. and like 
their bathroom, you know, like humidity changes a door sometimes, you know, so the, sure, it's sure. been like the climate here in Los Angeles has its own humidity, humidity, and then a bathroom has its own humidity. And so the door was like a little stuck when I went to bring the towels and cloths into the bathroom. And then, so I really like maybe kicked it. I don't know, but <laughs> it literally like busted off the hinges. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> because I think like there, there is, there was some type of leak that had to be addressed and it was like dripping on the door. Cause that's how small the bathroom is. And um, so I think the door was in a weakened state already. Plus it was like swollen due to the humidity. And plus then I like busted out my karate moves on it and kicked it. And so now we're like, balls deep in a project where we have to replace the doors on the boys' bathroom because I ripped one off the hinges. Oh, my. <laughs> you didn't know. You know what those bar, those, that weight lift. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Just threw the new Zoom recorder on the ground. Oh, Got my gosh. Um, I was going to say the new, um, the, the barbells, the dumbbells have already oh. been doing their job. I mean, I don't know my own strength. I don't, Clearly. got me all wound up. But yeah, so that wasn't great. But I do have to say that, like, everyone has really, um, has been a champ about it. Like, you know, Matt is rebuilding the door frame. We have a new and improved situation happening, but it's going to take a few days because we had to order doors and Lincoln has been, Eli's not here to to be upset about it, but Lincoln has been, um, you know, he has to share a bathroom with us now and, uh, you know, not the most fun, but he's been great about it. So, and he mm -hmm. wasn't like, mom, did you have to kick my door off the hinges? <laughs> Well, you Listen. know, sometimes you decide to do a home improvement project and sometimes a home improvement project is thrust Find upon you. you. Find yeah. you. Element, element, element is spelled L-M-N-T, but it's pronounced element. Alfie, stop. You don't need electrolytes. You know what I really do need, though? Like, because I actually accidentally left my element in New York. And normally oh, I'll I travel bring you with some. It. I'll bring I you was, some. I know. I was going to ask if you would bring some. <laughs> I will. You've heard us talking about how much we love the electrolytes and how important it is to replenish the yes. electrolytes in your system, how it does so much for your body. Yeah. I've been working out hard since I got here. I noticed. Two days, two days. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm back, I'm back in, I'm back in. But here's the other thing. I am, a, I, am I need my electrolytes. I am deficient in yeah. the electrolyte space. I can tell I'm like a little spacey. I'm a little yeah. weird. I feel like, kind of like, Ugh. and I just need the, I need the boost. Yeah. An element is a very tasty electrolyte drink mix. It's got everything you need, nothing you don't. It's a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium. No junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. It tastes great. It changes everything for you. It replenishes your electrolytes. And electrolytes 
facilitate hundreds of functions in your body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. It is everything. Sometimes people are like, I feel weird. I have a headache. And I give them an electrolyte packet. Yeah. They take it and they're better. It makes a big deal if I miss a day of element, restless leg city for me. Oh my God. By the way, I got a cramp in my workout today. See? A leg cramp. You need that magnesium. I know I need it. Listen, here's the good thing about element. It can help anyone with your electrolytes. Whether you're following whatever kind of like the keto or low carb or paleo or whatever. Um, we love it. It's also used by people in the NBA and the NFL and the NHL and Olympic athletes and Navy SEALs. And then just me and Casey. <laughs> it's like, couldn't be further from a Navy SEAL, the two of them. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Anyway, right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors, or you can share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash best. This deal is only available through our link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash best and try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. So you literally have nothing to lose. Wait, I have to tell you something. What? I ordered a pair of Karyumas and they were half a size too small because Sometimes I'm not paying attention. Yeah. And I literally ordered the wrong size. Yeah. But I was like looking at them and I'm like, you know who would love these? Sarah Bareilles. And so I gave them to her and she really does. She wears them all the time. And I like see them on her Instagram and I'm always like, those are the Karyumas I gave. <laughs> I love that. It's the leopard ones. Oh, so cute. I got mm-hmm. some with uh, the Peanuts characters on them, which I love. Oh, me me too. I got those ones too. I love those. But also, like, I have ones that are just, you know, solid colors that match my colorful outfits. I really, really love them. Well, here's the thing, guys. Kiriuma is always keeping it fresh with the kicks. They've got epic collaborations with brands like Deus Ex Machina. They do avat- They had an Avatar collab. Pantone. I have the purple ones from the Pantone. I love them. Lavender, whatever. <laughs> love. And, and like we said, the Peanuts one's so cute. But they're also a very cool, sustainable sneaker company that skaters and surfers and, you know, just people like me. <laughs> love. Um, Karyuma is... I don't know, just like very comfortable. They're very comfortable sneaks. I feel really good that it's sustainable, but let's be honest, if it wasn't comfortable, I wouldn't be wearing it. And they're so comfortable. They are so comfortable, but they're also one of the lowest carbon footprint sneakers ever made, which is something that I'm just going to tell you, we didn't even get it. Well, we, I mean... After the last couple of weeks, guys, with the way that the earth has been telling us to get it together, <laughs> we need to make choices that reflect it. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to stop 
being consumers, but I am saying that we got to make smarter choices and support businesses that are making smarter choices for the environment just because that's what we got to do. Right. And I love that they plant two trees for every pair of sneakers that they sell. Um, and I love that they're committed to the environment and they use like sustainable regenerative fabrics and su- not supplies, but what are, what's the word? Materials. Materials. Thank you, God. Um, anyway, Karyuma, check out the website, guys. Look at the sneakers. Look at how cute they are. You need a cute new white slip-on sneaker for summer. I'm telling you, you do. Karyuma, and you might want a purple one in the Pantone collection as well. I'm telling you, Karyuma has got what you need. They ship all of their sneakers free and fast in the USA and offer worldwide shipping and 60-day free returns. They deliver right to your front door. There's a single box, recycled packaging, which I also love. I don't want to open a box and have another box in it. Right. And for a limited time, you, our busy Phillips is doing your best listener, can get an exclusive 15% off your pair of Karyuma sneakers. Go to com slash best to get 15% off. That's com slash best best for 15% off for a limited time. So fun. Um, I moved to the yes, place. Yeah. Speaking of, how's it going? How are you enjoying it? Oh, I don't know. Cause I'm left then. You didn't even get to. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, the, there are things that I think perhaps I'm going to have to, um, yeah, I just have to, this is just, I can't worry about it right now. Right. So yeah, this is one of those things. Yeah. I can't worry about it right now. I have yeah. to just literally, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Well, you're here now. And so it's not, yeah. It's, There's it, nothing I can do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and Kirsten is back there and she's doing as much as, she can, but like, I don't know if I can know. Guys, yeah. Know. There's some stuff, you know, you just like, yeah, I gotta do it. You wanna do no it. No one else can do it. Right. Nobody else can do it but me. Nobody <laughs> else can do it but me. Welcome to my Broadway musical. Nobody else can do it but me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I didn't watch the, um, the Tonys Mm-mm. did not. I didn't, didn't. I didn't watch it either. I just watched a few clips. I watched the opening. Um, but I did do a little Twitter thread because everybody was like, because it was like a writerless Tonys because of the strike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of why I wanted to watch it, but I didn't yeah. get a chance to. But the main vibe on Twitter, as far as I was seeing, was people being like. I love it without writers. And I thought it didn't really make a case for the strike. I got to be honest. I got to be honest. My mother said the same thing. Everybody's, everybody said the same thing. Here's all I can say. Guys, award shows are fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, guess what? I agree too. Yes. Yes. Like, and bless all my friends who work in comedy and late night who get those jobs writing for different 
awards no, shows. I'm nobody no shade is, to you guys. doing it because it's like a huge honor to write on the show. They're doing it because like they know the host and they need the money. And they're getting, and they're getting paid. And they're right. getting paid. No I've written on tons it, of award shows. Of I know. I mean, listen, this is like, this is real fucking inside baseball, this conversation. <laughs> when I tell you, I do believe that the future of award shows <laughs> should be unscripted. I don't, I don't want to host. I don't want to fuck yes. it. I don't want anyone to have a goddamn scripted anything at an award no show. No more explaining like what enough. the category enough. means. Enough. Like we know it's what costumes enough. are. We know. Enough. We know. Costumes, they time. have a history. Yes. This one was tight. It was like under three hours. It, you know, it just... Yeah, everybody, trust me, everybody that's watched the Oscars has watched it in past years. So they don't need a refresher on like what best supporting acting category is or whatever, or, you know. And I'm just, I'm just like, I hope that, I mean, that's, you know, this is the one thing that truly I don't think needs to be scripted. Right, right. Making it a point seemed a little bit like, oh boy. Right. And then when I heard, and then I did get I did hear this from a few people, I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I could have told you that. But also, uh, you know, for anyone that's like the Tonys were great, award shows are like one one millionth of a percent of the content that's being written for television, and it's the one that is like so. And thankless. also, like by the way, writers, the, the uh, writing for award shows isn't even a part of the conversation of like what writers are right. asking for. Like right. it literally exactly. nothing, exactly. it doesn't even, it doesn't actually translate at all. Right. Because right. it doesn't matter. Like right. it's like no a residual. once a year. Get, yeah, exactly. You don't get residuals as a writer from submitting, from doing jokes for award shows. Like exactly. It's not anything that's a part right. of what we're talking about. Yeah. You don't want to watch an improvised episode of um, the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs or Yellow Jackets, or <laughs> you know, the, the, those are the Why things. Why did I that, say the Goldbergs? Is that show I even still on? I don't think it is still on. Um, I think Wendy McClendon Covey has so many jobs and so is many s- simultaneous jobs, but I think she's on a new show. So I think the Goldbergs is over. Listen, great, but she Good that time. lady works a lot. She's funny as hell. Of course, she really is. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think um, the Tonys, unscripted Tonys was good. Great. It had like a wordlessly danced opening number. Um, kind of into that, I gotta say. Yeah, uh, which was, it was good. And then Ariana DeBose was charming and... She's you know. cute. I like her so much. Yeah. I, think, I do think it was so good that she rolled with the... Angela Bassett did the thing. <laughs> I'm glad she did, too. Because um, people really seized on it and really made really a meal did. out of... Do you know what? We need those moments, guys. Especially <laughs> right now. We need those fucking moments. We just... Do I'm sorry. I need those moments. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> um. So you didn't watch the Tonys? No, I was like flying here. Yeah. Um. Right now I'm looking at the weed delivery place because <laughs> I'm trying to think if I 
if I can get it delivered here to Emily's house. But I don't remember. Do you have to pay cash still, even though it's like legal and stuff? I don't remember. I don't know. I've never gotten Bar. that delivered. You're kidding. What's wrong? I'm you? not kidding. Okay. <laughs> but to be fair, I rarely ever get anything delivered. So discreet and ideal for daytime use. Well, mm. add that to the fucking cart, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! Oh, my God. What the fuck is pink panties? I'm sorry. What? There are, there are this, the names of these weed things. It's like, I'm so bummed. I know they have it now, Mom Weed. But, like, literally when I came up with the idea of a brand called Mom Weed, like, <laughs> whatever, like, 15 years ago, I yeah. should have done it. I didn't know how, but, like, I should have fucking done it. Yeah. I didn't. Didn't do it. And now somebody else did. And that's now it's pink it's pink panties. That's on me. Yeah. I I feel that. I identify with that. Having a good idea that you don't run with. I bet everyone, probably every person listening to this has thought of at least one thing that the sharks took on on Shark Tank. You know what I mean? Totally. Also, I remember when Lowell Farms made me my own blend for John and they were yes. so fucking good. Yes. That again. Oh my gosh. Um oh God, Mercury's in Gemini. What does that mean? Oh no. Is it good for me? Yes. Ready, set, text. Over the next few weeks, you all you're Always deft thought processes accelerate to warp speed, Casey. Your ability to compute and comprehend everything from celebrity gossip to complex art theory catapults even higher. Life is too short to stick to one persona, so flex your mental agility and express what all of them are thinking. Wow. Wow. That sounds good. Um, after we talked to Marcella Kroll last week, I mm-hmm. reviewed like my in-depth birth chart. Yes. It was insane how bang on accurate it was. It was insane. Insane. Did you review it? Where? I just like plugged in, you know, my I know, but like on what app? Oh, I don't even know. I just did it. I Easy. used it. It was like the receipts, girl. Tell us what you're using. I want to know. They're different. They're all fucking different. Like I use the pattern. I use Chani app. Like right. a bunch of different ones. But and there's like um coast co-star, co-star. Yeah. I I think I did use Coastar as a matter right? of fact. Okay. okay. People do love Coastar. I've never used it, but people do love it. So I generated the chart. And then I just looked up what everything means, like when a planet is in a certain house and I had so many empty houses and everything. And it was really wild, but it was dead on. But like thing after thing after thing, like aspect of my birth chart after aspect of my birth chart was like, you will always feel capable. You will always feel like you're very smart and able to do things. You mm-hmm. will also always feel lonely and not taken care of in your life. And um, and you're, in terms of like your financial life and your career life, it'll be a roller coaster. Sometimes you'll be really secure and like, you know, very 
fortunate and there will be times when like you're not secure at all and you're scrambling and it was but it was really wild just over and over and over like that feeling of loneliness that like I know that I have talked about and then I was like does everybody just feel like that though is that yes but my birth chart was like maybe people don't I don't know I don't know that's what that's one of the things in the sub stack that I didn't finish <laughs> I'm just like I I'm like I am genuinely curious about people who feel home like, yeah who have felt a sense of home yeah you know and like what does that feel like and you know Mark and I have over the years talked a bit because you know he really doesn't he's got anxiety and he definitely has some like probably like some processing things a little bit, you know? Yeah. But he doesn't understand my ADD at all, mm. at all. Like it, it doesn't, be hard. It doesn't, it's hard. It's always been hard. Yeah. Um, And I think that his, and I, and I don't think he's ever fully understood like my big feelings you know, like my big yeah. emotions and, and that it's not, it's not like I'm not doing a bit. Like it's right. I feel it. I mean, I think he yeah. does now more so than he did when we were married, but I yeah. think that that also is, he's able to, because he's like, has perspective. Like, you know, I think sometimes right. when you're too close into a thing with someone, it's impossible to actually see it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You're too close. Yeah. It's all it's all just pointillism. I think also raising kids together, th- like, what's always fascinating to me is something that, like, a person might not be sympathetic toward in their partner mm-hmm. when it repeats in their child, as often does. <sighs> there is an ability to be sympathetic toward it. And so that's always that I think that gives people a lot of perspective and hopefully gets them to kind of come around with their partner or, you know, former partner or whatever. But anyway. Yeah, I mean I But he doesn't he doesn't get not feeling at home. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think he gets Mm -hmm. that. But I think I just I just mean like I, like, you know, we've had this conversation before, I think, where I'm fascinated by the idea that, like, how I love, no one loves the same, like, no one feels it the same way that I feel it. Right. No one feels love the way that, it's like colors, it's like all of it. Like, we're, you're a singular person with a singular experience. Right. And there are certainly, like, shared traits, you know, and like when you read your astrological chart, I always think, you know, it is fucking fascinating, right? Like, how is that that people born on this time in this area at this date, this, and I have all of these things because also guys, I just do want to say, cause I have read a lot of charts and like seen friends and been with friends while they've had theirs. It's always fucking different. It's not like, right. And, and it's not like, I don't know what your experience was with the co-star chart reading, but like I have found it to be with myself. It's 
specific. Like it's not stuff where I'm like, oh, that's just general, like general things that could I could like make it apply to me. Right. I got really, I had like a really intense energy healing sesh last week with Val. Like really fucking intense. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I was saying to Jenny Connor this morning, I saw her this morning and I was like, I was telling her and her husband, Richard, the story. And I was like, oh, guys, I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you guys this. I, I, I just, you're going to think I'm out of my mind. It's like too woo-woo. And Jenny's like, busy. Honey, tell us the story. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're in it with you. You know what I mean? Like, we're here. I was like, here oh, for God. the woo. Oh, got it. Okay. But I had like really, I don't want to get into specifics because it doesn't, because honestly, it's just too personal. It just is. Yeah. But I had like a very intense past life thing, like uh-huh. whole past life thing. Yeah. My energy healing. Ah. And... I felt like in relation to someone that I know and I felt afterwards like very much like I totally understood our relationship and I didn't feel like I understood it before. Right. And um, it was fucking wild. And I don't know. I just kind of like believe in that shit. I'm just very into it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? I mean, I always go back to, like, the weird things that little kids say. You know, everybody has a story about some little kid, like, saying some weird sage thing, like, that, how would they know that? Or, like, speaking another language or, like, relaying a story from another time or whatever. Have you guys seen that? You guys. Have you guys seen that kid that's, like, the music kid the mixer oh yes i love him just posted him he's like six but mark ronson has posted him before like what the fuck is that yeah exactly and birdie birdie's such a skeptic i was like oh um you know telling birdie about the kid and birdie's like yeah but it's like totally just the parents doing it and i was like no it's not birdie (laughs) like i was just like very i don't know like i felt like it's not the parents. It feels like it's very real. He's very little, that kid. And like yeah. watching him bop around and do this thing is kind of like incredible. If you guys haven't seen it, I can't remember his name. His name is Miles. Oh, it's um, like literally Miles Music. Miles yeah, music Miles kid Music like, Kid. At yeah, Miles, Miles Music Kid. Yeah. Anyway, he's very cute. And I think like even if his parents were like having some hand in it or whatever. Uh, Just the fact that he's that enthusiastic and like seemingly knowledgeable about what he's around is really impressive. So, you know. But, you know, Birdie's a skeptic, but everyone Birdie's age is also like, they never believe anything. (laughs) Is that true? I think so. That's how my kids were. Like they didn't, they, they were very skeptical of the talents of other people at that age. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like Bernie believes in weird stuff. Yeah. I guess the thing with Bernie with kids sometimes is like, it just, they have to come to the thing on their own. Right. You can't, I couldn't show it to right. her. I think that's, that's probably more what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, this is not related at all, but I have been thinking about this story. Uh, it, and it makes me laugh so hard, which is that, you know, that we used to have these um, big Thanksgiving dinners, like for people that, yes, yes, you know, we'd yes. have big Thanksgiving in Connecticut for people that couldn't get home. Uh, people that were living in New York City couldn't get to wherever they came to New York City from. So we'd turn our whole house into like a dining room, take all the furniture out and have like 50, 60 people uh, for dinner. And it was the thing that my mom really loved. She just loved, even though she didn't know any of these people, she just loved being surrounded by like the activity or whatever. And one time a friend brought, she was like a foster parent um, and she brought her her foster kids, a few foster kids, and my mom just like her eyes lit up. These little kids, uh, and she just really like latched onto them, and she was just hanging out with the kids all day. And that my mom just loved little kids, and she was playing with these little guys all day. And like Eli and Lincoln were teenagers, um, and. At the end of the day, I don't know if my mom had, like, gone to bed or whatever, but it, it was the end of the day, and everybody had sort of um, gone home except for, like, a couple friends that were, like, stayed behind to help us, like, load the dishwasher or whatever. And Lincoln was like, I was like, did you have a good time? And he was like, yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, it was kind of annoying how much attention Grammy was paying to those kids. Yes. Like, he was, like, a little competitive, you know? And um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's hard, you know? Like, sometimes, like, you're grown up, and but it's fun to, like, play with little kids and, you know, whatever. And then my friend Deb's husband, Dave, who is, like, not even, like, a real jokey guy, but for whatever reason, he was like, oh, yeah, I did see your Grammy with those kids. I saw her, she gave one of them $100, and Lincoln was like, what? He got so... Wait, that's not true, though, is it? No. He was just, like, messing with them? He was just messing with them, and he just thought that Lincoln would be like, ha-ha, but Lincoln was like, what? <laughs> that's, like, the craziest thing to do to a kid, your friend. But I mean, that. Lincoln was also, like, probably in high school. I don't know. It was just, it was so funny. That was just, like, the last straw, like, imagining his grandmother giving this little kid that she met at Thanksgiving $100. But that's what I always think of. Like, I just think kids are, like, kids are salty to other kids. They're competitive to other kids. And yeah. they need to, they need to know that, you know. That's true. I have deja vu right now. Talking about you that. do? Yeah. Speaking past lives or current <laughs> lives. Or they need to know that timelines. you don't think some TikTok kid is cooler than they are, even though they can make an album when they're six. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. And you know what? You know what, Birdie? I guess it or not. You're, you're, I mean, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, I take that back. No, Birdie's, I mean, whatever. I, whatever. Fine. Okay. <laughs> well, should we get to our guest? I would love it. Okay. 
Uh, everyone, our guest today is Jessamine Stanley. She's a yoga practitioner and teacher, and she's an author and an influencer, and you'll he'll hear all about it, uh, but we're big fans of hers, have been for a long time, so we were so excited to get a chance to meet her and talk to her. So enjoy, Jessamine. Hungry Root, I love Hungry Root. Me too. I like it. (laughs) I do like it. I do like it a lot. Well, I have to say I've tried a lot of meal kits, recipe kits that come to you. And Hungry Root honestly has the tastiest recipes that are the easiest to put together. Because some of those kits are like, you might as well have just done a recipe from scratch because they're so labor intensive. Hunger handles a little bit of the work for you. Plus you can get all kinds of like groceries and healthy snacks to stock your cupboards. And like, it just takes care of everything, dinner and snacks. It does. And I find with my two children who are constantly eating and complaining, (laughs) (laughs) those two things, (laughs) complaining about the food that they're eating and there's not more of it or they need a different kind or whatever. Yeah. Great is that like you? I put in all of the preferences, and then Hungry Root is just like, babe, I got it. Don't worry about it. Yes. And they didn't say, babe, I got it. Don't <laughs> worry about it. But that was what I got. That's how that. you felt. That's, That's how, how it felt. made you feel. I felt like Hungry Root was like, babe, don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> Whatever. I asked someone else to grocery shop for me, and it was not great. Not great. I didn't get the right things. It didn't. It, not, it wasn't great. And Hungry Root got it. They really got it. They, they get you. Got me. <laughs> They're like, we know you love an air fryer. Here, cook <laughs> in this. Cook this in this. Yes. You just it, you're gonna spend less time shopping and cooking and more time enjoying healthy food that you're actually going to eat. I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be the best thing you did. Try it out. Try it out and see if you like it. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Busy Phillips is doing your best listeners 30% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Come on. Amazing. Just go to hungryroot.com slash busy to get 30% off your first delivery and your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash busy. Don't forget to use our link, guys, so that we get credit. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, listen, I talk a little bit this week about how my therapist helped me sort of reframe things, turn things around, find some balance. Yes. And that's what I love about BetterHelp because I think that the amount of time that we as parents, as women, as working people spend on ourselves versus the amount of time that we spend taking care of others there's like an imbalance. I find there can be an imbalance, you yes. know? And I realized a couple of weeks ago, I think we talked about it, where I was like, oh, by the way, because I was working so much and the kids and the school and da, 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 da. I hadn't talked to my therapist in months and months and months. Right. You know, because it is weirdly one of the first things that like, I think people kind of like whoosh, let go of. Yeah. It falls by the wayside. I also recommended BetterHelp to a mom friend of mine you know, we were just chatting about some of the challenges of having a kid that's getting older and dealing with that and stuff. And the idea of finding a therapist was so daunting to her. She's like, I yes. know, but I just couldn't, I can't deal with it right yes, now. I feel her. 
And so um, I was like, you know, you should try BetterHelp because it's entirely online. It's very convenient. It's flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch your therapist if you like aren't vibing. Okay. I'm just going to, if you haven't been to therapy, I'm going to say this. It's a little bit like finding the right hairdresser. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. You can go to someone and you're like, I don't know if that's the vibe for my hair. Right. You can try out another hairdresser. You know what I mean? In Better Help's case, it's another therapist. It's really, really easy. And the fact that it's all just in my phone, it's everything. Listen, I feel like all of us can use therapy. I just do. It helps you reframe. It helps give you tools to deal with difficult situations and people. Um, It can be for someone who is like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good. You know, I'm telling you, it's a thing you can do for yourself that is very, very infinitely helpful and only helps to make you honestly a better person. Your (laughs) best self, your best self. Right. Anyway, guys, if you're thinking of starting therapy, we suggest give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash busy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash busy. Okay, yeah. Can y'all hear me now? First of all, my technology is perfect until I need it. And then it's just bullshit. And so, like, I just relate to this whole situation. I'm so grateful because here's the deal. I got to Los Angeles and I've had nothing but issues with my Zoom recorders. We've been doing this podcast now for three, four, three years. It just feels like four years, but yeah, it's like, it's like between two and three. Between two and three years. And... No, it's almost three years. Three almost years three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be three years in August. Um, and my Zoom recorders have always been problematic. They've always just been just <laughs> the assholes. Oh Literally, Zoom recorders are really complex and annoying. Like, it, And I think necessary. they're so ubiquitous that it seems like they shouldn't be. And I'm just like, this is stupid. I literally never use it at all. Like... <laughs> Unless it's like required. Well, well obviously. I'm, we'll we're very, very grateful together. that you have the patience that you do. <laughs> well, I sit here for 22 minutes <laughs> while I figure this the fuck out. I needed the time to do other things. And I, um, I was noting right before this that your birthday is June 25th. My birthday is June 27th. My <gasps> business partner's child is also June 25th and she was telling me just before this like just how much she loves you busy and just how much how much you carried her through the pandemic like with your Instagram content so I wanted to make sure that that was said because oh my gosh that's amazing that's so nice yeah 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 yeah. wait happy birthday to us (laughs) (laughs) totally when is your birthday my birthday was May 30th oh cute well happy belated Thank you. Thank you so much. There's Let's like a, give yeah. you well, here's a mm-hmm. here's our my first question for you, Jessamine. Yes. I want to give you like a great introduction to the listeners of this podcast. Um, I know I've been a longtime fan of yours, so I know how I think of you, but what would you consider like your official job title? 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm the co-founder of The Underbelly and the author of the books Everybody Yoga and Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance. But literally anything that you were planning to say, like, I don't know, (laughs) yoga teacher, I don't know. I don't, I'm not that picky. It's really whatever makes sense. (laughs) Well, I've been following you on Instagram for a really long time. And I actually remember kind of when I found you is when it was during a time when I was feeling kind of like about myself. And um, I just in my mind, like the idea popped into my mind that I should try to diversify my Instagram diet to People doing cool things, different things than I do, but also that I could identify with in some ways. So that's when I found you, and you have just been a source of a lot of joy for me. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my God. I'm honored and humbled to be here, first of all. And I'm so glad that my the chaos and confusion of my life could be joyful or that it could spark joy. That is what's beautiful about this world, that that could be the case. So thank you for having me. Well, I'm so grateful to have you, too, because I think that, especially in the last couple of years, too, the term wellness gets, like, complicated for people. Deeply complicated. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like you are one of the wellness like people in the wellness field where I'm actually like, mm-hmm, but yes, this is about wellness. Okay. Tell me, tell me about wellness, Jessamine. Tell me how to be well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I didn't. The thing is, like, I honestly, I have such, so much conflict with the concept of wellness and, like, what it means. Like, what does it mean to be well? Like, what, and it's different for everybody. And we all have a metric that is based on, like, probably foundationally how our parents defined well, if we, if we have any relationship with our parents. And then, If not, then especially how they define wellness. And then it's like, okay, so who are you responsible to? What did they need from you? Okay, so now my wellness is defined by the people who need something from me. Then in the mainstream, wellness is, I would say, singularly about what you look like. And so it's like, do I look well? Am I feeling... But feeling doesn't even come into it. It's literally like, would somebody else perceive me as having my shit together, essentially? And I feel like that is different for everyone on every single day. And if I advocate for anything, it's that it's okay for it to be different on every single day, that we're never the same one day to the next. Um, I think that that is... So good. And like a thing that I need a constant reminder of. Me too. Frankly, (laughs) me too. And I think that that's why, that's why I practice yoga every day. I think that like the, you know, it's hard whenever someone is like really into wellness or really into yoga or some kind of fitness thing, because it's like, oh yeah, you must really like to exercise or something like that. And it's like, no bitch, I'm crazy. This is the issue (laughs) that like, I have to do this so that I don't lose my mind on a day-to-day basis. So I feel like I continue to return to not just yoga, but all of my practices and rituals literally on a set routine every single day because it is the reminder that 
it's okay to be chaotic, that the waves of life are the only thing that we know for sure, and that change is good. And it's whether or not you think it's good, it's happening. So you can just get into that. I love that a yoga teacher said on our podcast, no, bitch, I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally anyone who is into yoga, like, oh my God, I just think that there are so many associations with yoga where it's like, it's not like that. Like anyone who's really, really into it, the only reason that they're like that is because something like really fucked up happened to them and they're trying to figure it out. Or like, you're just trying to like hang on to the edge of reality. And like, it's never anything like... I'm the most peaceful, calm person. No, it is the opposite of that. <laughs> well, crazy. that's something that I think about. My my mom was a social worker, Jessamine, and we used to talk a lot about, like, a lot of people that get into that line of work are trying to heal themselves, you know? It's yes. not that they have, like, this natural, innate aptitude for the work. It's that they, um, you know, have have some empathy for other people that are coming up in similar situations and and but also wind up sort of trying to heal themselves. So that's like a real epiphany about yoga <laughs> that I I feel like I literally when I was thinking about you coming on, I was like it's not people that are innately peaceful probably for the most part it's people that are trying to get to peace every day or maintain a peaceful baseline more often than not. Which is the same way that I think about happiness in general, too. I think sometimes people think they're unhappy, and I think it's that people expect to be constantly happy. That is it. Yes. That is it. Oh, my God. An ongoing hum of happiness in your life, and that's not the way it works. Oh, my God. If only. I think that so much of happiness, too, is unhappiness. Like, being able to accept that you feel a full cornucopia of emotions, being able to see every single color in the rainbow, not just the parts that look sweet, but also the parts that are sour. Like, and really knowing that, like, the sour is what makes it taste good. Like, that is the really the beauty of life and being able to understand the darkness and the edges and, like, just the, the, the knife twist of it all. That, to me, makes the happiness that much more profound. Like I did not. So, okay. I feel like I want to go into a whole story, but I just want to give like the tiniest bit of it. Um, The last couple of years I've been living in California, but I got out here to California because my partner and I were traveling across the country in our camper trailer. And during that time, it was it was amazing seeing this country in on the road. I would recommend it for everybody, but it was also deeply chaotic and it brought up so many emotions. And even just the process of landing in California was very much like it was a very intense experience. And it was only through all of that that I came to understand that, oh, joy is everywhere. Okay. So every mm-hmm. moment of this life is good ultimately, especially and specifically the shitty moments. And it took being like in fucking southeastern Vermont, like trying not to like literally lose my mind to understand that like, wow, this is this is actually what happiness is. And I feel like it's really hard to understand that though, because we live in a world that is so very much driven by like a false idea of happiness that... Well, right. Like, even as you were saying that wellness 
in our culture, especially American culture, equates beauty and like body. Um, I think that happiness in our culture so frequently is equated to things and acquisitions mm -hmm. and like and like experiences you can have because you have the things That's and the money. Right. And it's That's like, right. <laughs> guys, we need to reset. <laughs> we got to reset that idea. <laughs> right. It's hard because it's like, wow, it just doesn't work that way. Because no matter how much money you have, no matter how many possessions you have, if anything, it just makes you want more of that. Like you're like, well, I don't have the right one for this moment. I have to get more and more. And it's like, and I think that it's reinforced by social media in the sense that we are frequently curating our lives so explicitly so that we're only showing very specific parts. And even to ourselves, even when you go back and look at your own mm. social media feed, it'll be like, I've thought of it as like looking in a hall of mirrors or like a nightmare hall of mirrors where it's like, damn, I'm really not showing every part of my life so that now I'm taunting myself. I've become my own bully because now I can't even except all the different parts of my life that maybe were not curated enough for social media or whatever. And then you think about how we're engaging with each other's content. And it just is this cycle of holding each other into an idea that has nothing to do with reality. Because in reality, there is love and happiness and joy in every moment. But it just might not look, it might not be it might not look pretty on Instagram. Let's say that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was having, I've been, you know, with our birthday coming up, Jessman, I've been having a little bit of like, a, I don't know. I was going to talk about this on the podcast today, Case. Like, I don't know, like almost like a crisis for the first time about aging, mm -hmm. which I've never had before. And then... I sort of unraveled it a bit, which is that, first of all, the last four years feel uh, like incomprehensible. Like, like I can't, I can't wrap my brain around four years have passed since I turned 40. Totally. And, but I have a kid that's almost about to turn 15. <laughs> that's crazy. And a, kid, and a kid that's about... Yeah to turn 10 um, in a couple weeks as well. And so looking at them, I mean, four years ago, Birdie was 10. <laughs> and Cricket was five, like six, just turning six. She, a baby, like essentially baby. So when I look at them, I'm like very clearly the passage of time has happened, has occurred. And this is like, I am looking at the growth of these people. And then when I look at my own life in the last four years, all of the change that I've, I moved to the East Coast. I got divorced from, or my husband and I separated and are getting divorced. Like we reconfigured our entire relationship. I fell in love. I got my heart broken. I got my dream job. I worked through a global pandemic. I like lost people that I loved. All of these things, all of these things. And yet I'm like, no fucking way am I turning 44. 
No fucking <laughs> way am I turning 44. And then I think it like, I think about what my expectation of what my life is mm. and like the idea of mourning. That's it. The, the things you thought. That's right. That's we're it. going to be. And like having to like let it go That's right. because it, it isn't. And like, this is it. And so I was sitting with my friend who's, who's really sick last week before I left the East Coast. And I was kind of talking to her about it. And she's like, dude, I'm not like, I love you so much. And all I want is to be old. That's right. Literally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that there was somebody there to show, to say that. It's like, God damn, I want to get old. Can you please? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And oh I just, Lord. like, I, like, breathed that in for, mm-hmm. and I'm continuing to breathe it in. And I, and then my therapist yesterday was like, well, what do you, like, what is it really? And I was like, I don't know. Part of me is, like, almost now that I am divorced, I'm like, oh, I never am going to have more babies. Mm. Like, and I know that. How old are you turning, Jessamine? I will be 36. 36. Mm-hmm. So Casey is, we're like in three different like stages of our lives. Because I just turned 51. Ca- wow. Totally. Th- oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to... It's really interesting. And and Casey literally last week like started getting hot flashes. Really? So rude. What a birthday gift. I know, right? So rude. Hot flashes and cold flashes, which I never even fucking heard of. No, that was a thing. Me either. And it should like 100 percent be on some type of flyer that I received or something. (laughs) Literally some kind of mailer. They could do it. They mailed me a lot of shit, and no one ever mailed me anything about cold flashes. Well, I would be grateful no. for a cold flash, let's be real. But <laughs> oh, really? Don't oh, I'm always hot. I'm always, I run hot. Oh, but, um, but like, yeah, there was something about like having a baby that, or like not having any more babies. And then I'm like, and my ex husband and I are really good. And I'm like, if he, he's, if he wanted to, he's 10 years older, almost 10 years older. If he wanted to, he could like, have a whole other family, build a whole other thing. And I'm like, and I got the one, which I like, I'm so grateful for my kid. Ah! But like, I'm a little bit just like, and my therapist was like, busy. I just have to ask you like three years ago, did you have any idea where you would be today? And I was like, no, I did not. And she's like, "Mm." four months ago, do you have any idea where you would be today? And I was like, I see where you're going. With <laughs> and she was like, I just want you to like go easy, like go easy on these expectations and these like projections of what could be or might be or can't be anymore. She's like, the truth is, babe, you don't fucking know. And then weirdly, here's the universe guys showing up, walked into my workout class this morning. And there's a woman who's older than me, who I've seen at my workout class for years, fully eight months pregnant. And I'm like, whoa, dude, what's happening? And she's like, I know. I thought I was going through menopause. Turns out. Like, and I think it was just the universe being like, look, bitch, anything is possible. Literally. 
What? That story took a twist. Wow. I live for that. Oh my God. The unpredictability of life is the hardest part to get down with. Cause it's like, I'm really just trying to plan this thing. Like, can I just decide this is how it's going to be? I know who I'm trying to spend time with. I know what I like, but I really appreciate those markers of three years ago. Did you know where you were going to be? Did you see this coming? I did not at all. Like, Four months ago, did you see this? I didn't. And I feel like everyone could say that, even if it's someone who's like, no, I plan my shit down to the, the triple tourist who is like, I plan my everything. I know when things are happening. They don't know what's happening. Nobody does. <laughs> so it's and with so much at influx in this world, anything is possible. So I just appreciate all of that deeply. Well, I think it's really interesting because Jessamine, you're saying that, like, you are trying to plan your life, but you and Busy have this thing in common where, like, a big part of your life is being an influencer, something that wasn't even, like, invented when we were little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we didn't play influencer. We didn't, but I will say that we have always said keeping up with the Joneses. And I think that they were like the OG influencers, but they weren't (laughs) even like they were influencers before that. And I think sometimes like when we talk about like who's an influencer and who's not, I feel like everyone is an influencer to somebody. Everyone Mm -hmm. is influencing somebody. So that like, and frequently the most influential people, they are not on social media. They're minding their business, doing whatever, but, but you know what they're doing and you're copying it. So like, I feel like it's nice to just stand in the agency and the power of your own being and be like, without intentionally trying to peacock for anyone on the internet, what is it to just be who you are and be an influencer? And so, but yeah, you're right though. (laughs) Just to get down to like brass tacks, absolutely. I think that... I mean, even just thinking about how the pandemic shifted so much of the, of what is possible as a creator and Mm -hmm. how, how we're able to share and make art and, um, and promote and be in community with one another. I definitely did not anticipate this. And I, I kind of love that about it. Like I do enjoy it's nice to feel like you know what's going to come next, mm-hmm. but I love the twists and turns that life has offered, for sure. Were you, do you think of yourself as someone who was always an influencer, like in life? As, you know what I mean? I think that if I'm being really honest, probably to some degree. Yeah, because I think I was always. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't think that I ever thought that anyone else was paying attention to anything that I was doing. Like, I was very much not the cool kid in school. I had like no friends. And like, I very much feel like I'm grateful for that. (laughs) Like, but, but then you look back and it's like, oh... I don't know if everybody was perceiving me the same way, but I think that just feeling confident, there's a lot of confidence that comes from not being liked or not having a lot of friends. So, Well, you have to be able to hang with yourself, you know, like, exactly. which I stole from a Prince song style. I encourage everyone talking about being influencers, but there's this Prince song style where he just lists off things that could be cool style. And he's like, 
puppy breath is cool and like being able to hang with yourself. Okay, what era of Prince is this? Like what cuz I'm going to have to go look obviously. I'll se- I'll send you the song. It's from the 90s. Cute. But puppy uh, breath is cool. Puppy breath is cool. You guys but, see Keanu Reeves with the pile of puppies on Jimmy Fallon. It popped up on my feed today. Oh my god! I don't know, but I'm gonna need to see it. I think <laughs> everybody needs to see it. Like, it I is, feel like that's a classic. That would have been such a classic busy tonight bit. I know. Oh wow! I, yeah. I really love the idea of Keanu Reeves. I don't think of him often, but when I do, <laughs> I think of the story that Octavia Spencer told about him helping her with her car whenever she was very, like, had just gotten to L.A. And he just, like, stopped on the side of the road and helped her. And ever since then, I've been like, I like that guy. I don't know anything <laughs> about you. But I just, I think you're, that's a good thing. So him I with puppies, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I love it. I like love how really good um, person. he, whenever he's in a fan photo, his hands are hovering away from the person that he's posing with. He never touches, which I think <laughs> is just, like it's good for them and it's better for him. I think, you know, just to be clear. Wow. I just I love really it, I love that, yeah. <laughs> Your person, wow. He's a good person. Oh, um, a good person. Keanu Reeves, you're a good person. I bet yeah. you're listening. <laughs> um, oh, I don't, who, yeah. By the way, he's an enigma. Who knows? That's it. Yeah, he could be listening for he all could. we know. He could we be like, know? yeah, he could subscribe to a lot of He surely podcasts. is. Yeah. yeah. You know. If we're talking about it like this, he definitely is. Or he will be drawn <laughs> to, for sure. That's, that's right. That's where that's he's going. like, yeah, for I decided sure. to get into podcasts. That's he, you, he said it just like that, too. That's you know? Exactly. And then, he, yeah. and then here we are. Kiana, we love you. Um, wait, oh, Justin, my God. I want to ask you about the origin story of naked yoga. Mm. And, like, mm. I want to talk a little bit about it. I personally, personally have never done it. You know, what's funny is um, I was just doing a project with a yoga teacher friend of mine who is, she is my teacher, actually. And I, she was asking me about naked yoga and she was like, what is it like to practice yoga naked? And I thought she meant like, what is it like to share your yoga practice, your naked yoga practice on OnlyFans, which if you're listening, you can go to OnlyFans.com backslash Jessamine Stanley and practice yoga naked with me. But so I started talking about this and I was like, I was just like going into all of the different philosophical questions and the why, the ins and outs. But then I realized at some point, she literally meant, what does it feel like to practice <laughs> yoga naked? And I was like, this woman has been practicing yoga for way longer than I have. And yeah. I was like, you've never practiced yoga naked? And she was like, no. Like, I, And it just blew my mind because I was like... I thought everybody was practicing yoga naked. I didn't know that this was just me. So, like, I, what I will say is that just on a aesthetic level, it is the most freeing experience that you can have with your body. Like, to practice yoga in general is a very freeing experience when it's not being dreadful. So, like, sometimes, I, this is another piece about practicing yoga, is that people make it, Look, we make it look more fun than it actually is. I think that when you're practicing yoga, it kind of sucks low key. And like you, you learn to love it sucking. But, um, and because it sucks, you're learning about yourself, you're uniting mind, body, spirit, all this is happening. But that experience is so powerful and profound, just wearing like a snowsuit. But when you are naked, you're able to actually physically engage with so many parts of your body that 
you've been taught to be ashamed of. And I don't need to use the secondary. <laughs> I don't need to speak in second sense. I experience it as I'm getting to touch my belly, which I spent my whole life feeling ashamed of. My thighs my arms, my chins, even I'm like really getting in and touching and moving things around and feeling my flesh and actually connecting to this meat suit in a way that is fundamentally different than when you're practicing with clothes on. And I think that even just from an anatomical standpoint, if you're really into like getting the pose right, there's no better way to focus on anatomy than to take your clothes off. So do you do it in front of a mirror? So I do in my home studio have a mirror that's set up for a variety of reasons. But so I do, I'm able to look in a mirror, but I've, I think I started practicing yoga naked, like pretty much as soon as I started practicing. And I didn't always, I haven't always practiced in front of a mirror or in front of a camera. And I think that frankly, it's better when you're not, because you don't need to be thinking so much about what it looks like. Like we, I I talk about this a little bit in my book, Everybody Yoga, but the idea of how do I look versus how do I feel is so crucial when it comes to practicing yoga, because we live in this world that is so focused on how do you, how do I look? And we end up asking everybody, how do I look to the point where we don't even know how we feel. You don't have any connection to like what does it feel like to be in the posture so Mm. for me to just say like I'm just going to focus on how this feels I'm not going to think so much about what it looks like or whether or not I'm doing it right Mm -hmm. and that as a mind shift works not just on the yoga mat but in every other part of life as well because there are so many parts of life that are like I really just need to know how do I feel not how does it look to anyone else. Mm. My God, isn't that a, that's fucking it, man. Yeah. Well, I have you ever done naked yoga in a group? I don't think so. I just but, Yeah, I don't think so. But so I'm from North Carolina. I lived the last 10 years in Durham, North Carolina. And right when I was leaving Durham, there was a teacher who was doing naked yoga classes. And I can only imagine that like in LA, I now live just outside San Francisco. I'm sure that here in San Francisco that there are plenty of people who are doing naked yoga classes, but I've never been to one. Um, I generally practice yoga naked alone in my house by myself. And that's how I found it to be a really grounding practice because it's a space where like, it's just you. You don't have to worry about what anyone else thinks of you or how anyone else is perceiving you. Right. Like, so I got uh, my my, yoga practice in Los Angeles went through many phases because I just was like, found it to be so competitive in Los like these rooms to be so competitive in LA. And I did a lot of yoga when I would go back to Arizona with my friends at their studio because I like just loved it. And I felt like it was all friends and no one was trying to like outdo, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God, literally. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And even when they're like, the teacher is like, I like literally hate so much. (laughs) See, if you can say something like I hate with yoga. yoga. It's like not that's not the right class for you. Totally. But like you know like when a teacher's like we're just going to ease into this and then like you know the guy next to you is like doing the full on like hand literally and into a and you're like dude 
No one, you're not even supposed to jump yet. <laughs> no one asked you to jump. Oh, that's so much. This like you look at this person next to you, like, no one even said to do that. Why are you doing that right now? What I dislike even more than that is when the teacher will like fixate on that person and be like, look at John. Look at how he just moves from posture to posture. I'm like, man, John don't need encouragement. I need no. encouragement right yes. now, trying to remember who I am. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that yoga is so deeply entrenched in fitness culture, and that fitness culture is so hierarchical and it has a lot to do with like who's the the whole idea of the best or doing a good job none of that actually works with what yoga really is yoga has no hierarchy it's not about what you look like or and my favorite classes are the ones where everyone it'll be like five people in a row and we're all practicing the same posture but it looks completely different depending mm-hmm. on who the person is because it just doesn't matter and, and that, that's okay that's and it's supposed to be that way that like we're not robots we're all meant to be different from one another and we're all at different stages in our life and like someone who's 51 someone who's 44 and someone who's 36 are not having the same experience period and we're not supposed to but what we can do in a group environment is that can just be okay we can have a space where space of compassion where you can just be how you are. And this is really what we cultivate in my community, the underbelly. This is actually really the basis of it is like, can we just have a space where you can practice yoga and it's just okay to be who you are. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to apologize as a part of your hello. You don't have to say, I'm sorry that I'm here in this body. Just being able to just show up as you are feels like it's at a premium at this point because we live in a world that is so... It's, I mean, it's Darwinian. It's like, there. it's a survival of the fittest. And mm-hmm. I think that just the noticing of that feels really powerful and knowing that we need spaces that are not competitive and do not make it fundamentally unfair just to be there. I'm mm. so glad you said that actually, Jessamine, because I haven't done a ton of yoga in my life, but I have tried it a number of times and come back to it and gotten discouraged because I have something in my brain that is like, I need data always. Like I need hard data and confirmation of things. And so if I'm not being told or if I can't know in my brain that I'm doing something exactly correctly, quote unquote, correctly, then I get very anxious and very discouraged that I'm doing it all wrong. Right. First of all, just from like a studying people standpoint, studying um, students, I'm really so grateful to hear that reflection. Like, I feel like I'm going to carry that. But also, and then my second thought is like, you are such a sweet little Gemini in your honesty (laughs) about needing to know what the right answer is. I just love this so much. And it's just so, this is one of the things that I think is particularly annoying about yoga is that there isn't a right answer. And so anyone who is like saying that there is or like trying to give confirmation likely, and I'm including myself in this category, likely is full of shit to some degree or is like (laughs) trying to prove something to themselves or like whatever. But, and I also just really identify with this experience of like, yeah, I've done yoga a couple times. I'm like, yeah, I just really wasn't that into it. Because like when I first started practicing yoga, 
I literally hated it. Like, I cannot even <laughs> tell y'all. Oh, I can tell you. So the very first yoga class I went to, I was 16. My aunt was like obsessed with Bikram yoga at the time. Do y'all know Bikram yoga? Does this yes, make sense? Yes. Yeah, yes. totally. I have done it. Totally. So she was like, and <laughs> Bikram particularly gets people like evangelical. So she was like, oh my God, you have to come do it. It's going to change your life. And I was just like, I don't have anything better to do. I'm sitting on the couch all summer. Why not? Sure. Yeah. So I went to this class and I just thought it was the worst. Everything about it, dreadful. It was, it's a style of hot yoga. So like, it's just hot as fucking here. It smells bad. All of the postures are impossible. And like, I was just like, I stayed for like a third of the class. And then I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then years I would have been later, right behind you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't need this. This is not, it's not filling my spirit. Right. So then um, when I was in graduate school, some years later, I had a friend who was really into Bikram yoga and she was also evangelical about it. And she was like, oh my God, come to class, you're gonna love it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I've literally already done it. I know it's not for me. And she got me caught up on a Groupon. It was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'll go one time. I don't go back. So It'll be fine. Groupon has gotten so many of us in so many ways. <laughs> literally. You're out here at a nail salon that's like, why am I in here right now? Anyway, but so I like, I went... And everything about it, what's interesting about Bikram yoga is that it is definitely the McDonald's of yoga in the sense that, like, it's always the same no matter where you are. Right. But, like, it is, nothing had changed. It was still hot as fuck. All the postures were impossible. I was frequently, when I would go to class, like, the only Black person, frequently the only fat person. It was a deeply alienating experience. Right. But what it pointed out to me was all the different parts of my life where I tell myself no. Like I noticed that in the class, they'd call out the posture and I would just sit there looking in the mirror, talking shit about myself. I'd be like, oh my God, look at your stomach, look at your arms. Like everyone in here knows that you don't know what you're doing. The teacher knows. And I would just be like, so are you going to do this for the whole 90 minutes or like, are you going to just try? Because you could just try and maybe you fall down and maybe everyone in here is going to see that you don't know what you're doing and maybe the teacher is going to make fun of you, but you could still just try. And it so it's pointing out to me how many other parts of my life, not just in yoga, where else would I not even try, mm. not even give myself the chance to fail? And ultimately, that is why I come back to yoga. It's not because I'm particularly good at it or like, it's not because I was like immediately flexible. For me, when I first started practicing yoga, just to sit with my legs crossed felt impossible to me. But that question of, can I keep going? What are the emotions that are coming up for me? Mm. And what does it feel like to just try? It's powerful medicine. And that's why I keep going back. Right. <laughs> Fully agree. You know, I did kundalini yoga in preparation mm. for giving birth. Absolutely. Have you done kundalini? I have very long time ago, but I'm just thinking about that in preparation for birth. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And yeah. that's like, that's why I was doing it because I had, I gave birth without pain drugs and I wanted to. Hell but yeah. Guys, if you don't know, kundalini yoga is a lot of breath work, but also it's like bizarre things like holding your arms straight out to the side with your thumbs up and then like po pointing your thumbs down and then up and then down and then up. And, but you do it for three and for a like half. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so, no, Kundalini will be like, it'll be like, cool. So we're just gonna put our arms up in the air and you're like, oh yeah, no, 
my god this so like yeah okay so for like a few hours we're just gonna stay like this and i'm it's, like bitch who what it <laughs> is wild and yeah. like i didn't even understand the mm-hmm. what they prepare you for in kundalini yes. yoga like uh birth like the prenatal kundalini yoga is literally that it's you're gonna want to stop you're gonna want to stop but here's the deal you don't you can do it you can do it you can get through it that's what i was on the other side you're not gonna it's not gonna be irreparable damage you're gonna be okay that's it and it's such a beautiful metaphor for birth because i'm Mm -hmm. thinking like how many times well i would assume this happens to everybody that like you get into birth and you're like i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to do it i'm this is not can we just just stay up there i don't want to do it and it's like so they're preparing you for like "Mm, we're not doing that yeah Yeah, you you can't do this now (laughs) not only can you do it you literally have to have to oh yeah Oh my God. That's why I like, I do understand. I feel you about the, the sadness around not being able to give birth anymore, or like not giving birth anymore or that. Cause that is, that is a road to walk that is so singular in nature. I don't think there's any other way to have that kind of human experience mm-hmm. where it's like, you literally have to, you have to walk a path all the way and then become something else on the other side of it. We're, no matter what happens, it's just there's no other way to have that experience. It's very, very powerful. But I love that. Uh, I love that as a preparation for it so much. <laughs> yeah, that was really intense. You know my song. Do you know it? Do you know my song for this? Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens. <laughs> Oh, AG1, our next partner, AG1. Our longtime partner. Our longtime partner in crime, AG1. (laughs) There's no crime, except if the crime is giving us... (sighs) (laughs) Vitamins and minerals. I was going to say 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. Well... (laughs) then yes, they are partners in that crime, but that's not a crime. That's a benefit. Um, We love AG1. We love our delicious scoops of athletic greens. We love seeing athletic greens in the wild. We love when you guys post your athletic greens and tag us. Um, And here's why. Because we all need to like up our intake of these things, right? Like we're all of our diets are lacking in something and everybody needs to take a form of a multivitamin. It's important to choose something that A, has high quality ingredients and B, that you're actually going to take. Right. I cannot tell you the money I have wasted on bottles of multivitamins and supplements that have just languished in my cabinet I find it very difficult to like yeah. stick to a vitamin regimen because also like there are so many different things that you need. And that's why I have found AG1 to be so great because first of all, it doesn't hurt my stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a huge one. Yes. Um, number two, it contains all of those things that I need and it's one scoop in water or a smoothie daily. Yeah. Number three, it's dairy-free, gluten-free, it's vegan, it's paleo, keto, 
There's no sugar, less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals. And it tastes really good. I love the way it tastes. That's the key is like, it just goes down easily. And again, you know, if it didn't taste good, that would be a non-starter for me. Plus it's cheaper than getting all of those supplements. I'm telling you. And the truth is I don't ever take all the supplements. So it's definitely cheaper because I actually use Athletic Greens. The founder started it because he had a lot of gut health issues and he ended up with like a very complicated supplement routine. It sounds like he went to the same guy I did. And he was just like, there's got to be a better way to do that. Um, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, guys, recommended by professional athletes and me and Casey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right now, I just, if you haven't tried AG1, if you've not tried it, highly recommend giving it a shot. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health, guys. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Yes. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sundays for dogs. Sundays are for dogs. I guess that, I guess even though I didn't watch the um Tonys, they really made an impact on me cuz I'm just, <laughs> I mean, such a musical theater mood, right? You're living the Tonys. I am living the Tonys, but I have a lot to sing about when it comes to Sundays for dogs. Sundays <laughs> I think if our dogs could sing, they would be singing about Sundays for dogs. Gina loves it. I do have to say, it's like the food that keeps on giving to little Gina (laughs) Gina Linetti. It's a healthy dog food, but it's also easy to store and easy to serve. And I don't have to worry about defrosting anything. Unlike other fresh dog food, no prep, zero mess, no stress. And your dog is going to love it. Love it. Every order ships straight to your door. Like I said, you don't have to worry about running out of dog food ever again. Listen, guys, Sundays cost 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. Instead, they're spending their money on what matters the most, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your baby pup. (laughs) Even if she's not a baby but she's always going to be my baby. Anyway, we worked out a very special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash busy. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food that you feed your dog. Wait, Jessamine, can we go back to OnlyFans Mm -hmm. a little bit? Oh, yeah, totally. Please. Because I think it's so interesting. I mean, OnlyFans, as we know, is like, you know, most people think of it as like an adult entertainment platform. Um, But... It makes sense that you're offering naked yoga on that platform because that's where you're allowed to have a platform where you can be naked. 
Exactly. So that makes sense. But I'm just wondering, what has the reception been? Mm -hmm. And also, like, do you notice anything different about, like, the people that will meet you in that place? These are incredible questions. (laughs) Very, very apt. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason that I, like, because... There are other ways to share this content, but ultimately, I was like, this is a community that really sex workers have done an incredible job of honing and making a space where you can literally post anything. And initially, I had a lot of apprehension about it because I did not grow up in an OnlyFans household. Like, I did not grow up, I didn't grow up in a naked yoga household. Like, my, I was told to cover up, button up, and close your mouth. And I, but a huge part of my yoga journey has been understanding, frankly, the kundalini sexual energy within me. And it, a lot of it has been like reading Audre Lorde and understanding the divine erotic and really coming to get that this is the greatest seed of my power. And sharing that on Instagram and TikTok is very dicey because the community guidelines that hold all of those platforms Mm. are very stringent. And they are that way for a reason. And we can have a whole other philosophical conversation about censorship and and specifically censorship of Black bodies and Black fat femme bodies. But just to hone it in, what I'll say is that I, over the years, have had a lot of content either suppressed or censored or and on have been blocked on multiple platforms. So there came this place where it's like, am I just going to kowtow to white men forever? Or am I going to make the content that actually serves the work that I'm trying to do? And so that's the place where I was like, I'm just going to make an OnlyFans because this is a place where I can post literally whatever I want. And it has been so interesting seeing how many of us are afraid of OnlyFans. Are mm-hmm. it, and I would take it a step further, not even necessarily being afraid of the platform, but being afraid of what other people will think of you being on the platform. Mm. And it's just been a really interesting thing to bear witness to. I think that, especially because I think that my community in general is pretty wholesome. I think that we're very much like a lot of us grew up in a world where we were told to button up and keep quiet. And so it's scary to step outside of that line. And for me, it is so empowering to see people do just that, literally to say, I don't care. I want to practice. I want to practice naked yoga or and even more so. I think that the content that is if you go over to my OnlyFans, you'll see there's lots of content in addition to naked yoga. But um, the content that people are most excited about is not even necessarily me teaching a naked yoga class. It's literally just seeing a fat body exist unapologetically. And like when I think about it, we have so few examples of that. Even now, I think that the media is more diverse now than it has ever been, media representation specifically. But you very rarely see fat bodies in the nude. And so as a person with a fat body, it's very empowering to see other fat people just doing their thing. But I will say that 
uh, much of the many of the people who actively engage with my OnlyFans are definitely people that maybe I would not have known otherwise. Let's say that that they uh, are. Okay. Yeah, that they are very interested in seeing my naked body specifically. Mm-hmm. And that to me, even that is so powerful and so beautiful because I think that we're so starved for some kind of just feeling close to somebody, feeling a connection. And I think that it's really beautiful to be able to like find this line where we're not just doing what we've been told to do, where we can have a hard conversation, have a complex conversation and do it without shame. Because the reality is that underneath our clothes, we're all naked. (laughs) And it's just kind of, do you want to get real with real about that or not? That is so true. That's interesting. I wondered quote too. <laughs> exactly. That everything yes. is drag. Everything is drag. Yes. Exactly. Literally. Um, I wondered if the audience, like, I, I think it's so interesting when people do what we do, like are the kind of independent creators that we have all become over time. I just think it's so interesting to sort of try to parse who are the people that come out and support you in the different places, you know? Mm-hmm. So who who is uh, buying your book might be different than who's subscribing to OnlyFans, just like the same as who subscribes to this podcast isn't necessarily like who follows on Instagram. It's it's really interesting to me um, the, the categories that people assign themselves. Because of what you were saying. We literally, and on my team, we have given personalities to all the different platforms because (laughs) they are so different. Like, who you meet on Instagram is not the same person that you're going to meet on OnlyFans. And the person that reads the book is not the same person who's taking the yoga class on the underbelly. So it's, but the thing that I think is so beautiful and so cool and really the yoga of it all is that it is the same person, that we're all multifaceted. We all have different things that we want to point out at different times in our lives. And the problem is that we live in a world that wants us to be one-dimensional just because it's easier to understand. It's not personal. Right. But just saying that I am complex, I am multifaceted, I'm sexual, I'm also not sexual. All of these things exist together. And being that whole, being the world, feels like the ultimate seat of power to me. Mm. Yeah. It's so it's super interesting to me. You were talking about the way that you were raised, buttoned up and covered up and closed off a little bit, you know, be and I think that all young girls to some degree are probably have like some experience with that. But then I think, I don't know. know. Welcome to my house. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Your, your, your kids are so lucky, but I I'm talking about like people, you know, my generation and and your generations, but um, how has that like, I'm trying to formulate my question because I, it's something that I really identify with. Um, And I'm curious about how has that been like introducing every new aspect of what you wanted to do to people in your life 
Mm. Like, ha- has that been difficult at all? Were you scared? I'm. I come from a place where I always feel. I always felt like I'm. I don't have parents anymore. Mm-hmm. They both have passed away. But mm-hmm. I always felt like, like with my dad, like nothing I could ever say would phase him because he just was like. He had so much going on that was phasing everyone else, you know. But with my mom, I always very much still felt like a kid to the point where I was, like, afraid to curse in front of her or Mm -hmm. to, like, you know, like, still wanting her approval so much. So I'm just curious, like, every new aspect of who you are must have, like, kind of come out gradually. Absolutely. It comes out gradually, and they are not going to understand it. And that's the place that I rest in, is just not needing for them to understand me. And the thing that is really cool to me, though, is that through being myself, I'm understanding them. Because I am them. And I think all the time about how, you know, my mom wanted to join the Peace Corps, you know. And then, like, literally a month after she graduated from college, she got married. And then a calendar year later, she had a baby. And it was me. And so I think of me, I'm that part of her that wanted to join the Peace Corps, that wanted to do all of the things. And I'm like, this is what that looks like. What it looks like is that 35, almost six for me does not look like 35, almost six for her. But it is us, though. We're doing the thing. And like, she's not always going to understand it. And... I think that what I, when you said that your parents aren't here anymore, I was like, that's kind of the ideal scenario because then you don't have to, it's like, they're, <laughs> right. you know, they're good. You know what I mean? But I'm like, for me, I think that it's this opportunity for us to get to know each other better. And if that means that they don't want to talk to me for a period of time or like we're not connecting in that same way, then that's fine. But that right. actually has yet to happen. And I think that What was actually harder, I think, was coming out. Um, When I came out, I came out as a lesbian to my parents when I was 19. And I had, before that, already had, like, my high school girlfriend up at the house, hanging out with them. But, like, she was my (laughs) friend, you know, so it was like... but, um, But that process of, like, talking to them about that felt more challenging to me. And even with that, like... Literally, my mom text. My brother is also gay, and my mom texted both of us yesterday saying she sent just like a series of bit emojis of like pride bit emojis. And she was just like, I love you so much, and I was just like, Damn, it was a long road to get here, but we got here. Like, because yeah. oh that gosh. was not her first reaction. Shout all. out to bit emojis for making literally. it possible for our <laughs> relatives to communicate. With oh my us. god! Literally, also <laughs> anyone who's made like a pride shirt where it's like, I just feel like that makes it nice and. Exciting accessible like just because it's hard it's hard to especially to see your child do something that is so fundamentally different than what you think or thought you were supposed to do and like I think that there are certain lessons that only a child can offer to a parent only a parent can offer to a child back and forth but like I'm just trying to be open to whatever is meant to be and know that because it, it, it stretches even beyond them where it's like, I think about my grandma and think about yes. my, my aunts. And, and I also think about how specifically like my grandma and my aunts 
sluts. And I say this with love, but deep <laughs> sluts. You know what I mean? And I'm like, like I look back at shit that happened to them and I'm like, you were out in these streets. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. And that's who I am. And I can hold that legacy for all of us. And it doesn't have to be the thing that like you're ashamed of on your deathbed. It can be the thing that you're proud of. So it feels like it's all legacy to me and something that I'm happy but about. I like that's I amazing. Love it so much. And I just want to put the point on the point, which Please. is this idea, my mom, my mom, by the way, waited, was waited a long time before I was born. But I do see that like the things that I do are for her as well, like are for us and for my grandmothers and, and even for my dad, honestly. Yes. And like, I think holding that is really powerful. Deeply. It's because like, it, it, yes, it allows the freedom of being. I was just talking about this the other day, guys. I'm going to tell you something. Someone that I know was like upset. Someone that I knew from high school was like upset when my book came out. Not that they were named in it, but that their mother was going to read the book and find out that we had done drugs. And I <laughs> like they, that like the, their mom would draw the line connection that whatever and i literally was like baby we've got bigger fish to fry (laughs) like i can't even i don't even know how to respond to that you know what i mean like yes got to push these things forward and like it's in in a lot of ways i was kind of forced by getting pregnant at 15 and my parents finding out into like having a lot of these like being confronted with you know i my coming out is like my parents reading my diary and finding out i was pregnant like that's oh you God. know that's like what that i read my diary but okay whatever I, <laughs> no honey with, that's a whole other but, to anyway. be fair i am a parent now and like <laughs> My my behavior at the time must have been so fucking chaotic and insane that at, they told me they thought I was like on hard drugs yeah. and they were like trying to see what the fuck I was up to because totally. I was acting as insane as a newly 15-year-old, newly pregnant right. child would as be. you would. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to like figure out how to get the money to get an abortion on my own and like skip school and not get found out. Literally. So I'm busy. That's why it's like, right. seem I'm crazy. That's why. Right. God. But yeah. so, but anyway, my point is like mm-hmm. that I was sort of like forced into at that young age, then having a lot of really honest mm-hmm. and open conversations with my family that were fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it continues, it continues. It like always continues. Right. Literally. And I think that people, when they hold on to the shame, Mm -hmm. it is only perpetrating, it's only continuing the shame to to exist in the, in the ether even. Mm -hmm. So like people who don't tell their parents things, I'm like, I mean, there are, obviously, by the way, always exceptions to rules, always whatever you you have abusive family. I'm not judging that, that shit. I'm just saying that if you're in a place where, you're like, this is a piece of who I am. And like, I want you to be aware of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the best. <laughs> it, is. it truly is. It's also scary 
And I was going to say, it can be really, it can feel like a really unsafe place depending on your family. Yeah. I think, well, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't think it's for everyone. Yeah. No. Well, the thing (laughs) is, I think it's just about like, how much are you, how much do you need comfort? And what is the source and how much, where does your comfort lie? Because what ultimately you're learning is how to find comfort within yourself mm-hmm. because, and there's no other way to have that kind of strengthening. And the reality is that it is scary and it is lonely and yeah. pro- it is likely that someone is not going to like it and they're not going to want to spend time with you. And what's shitty is that it might be your parents and they might be like, I can't have, they might say you cannot be around me. Right. And, this is what's so important about chosen family and about being able to see yourself separate from your family because and, yes. sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes that's a part of their journey. They need yeah. to have they need to have the truth forced upon them. And to just say like this is who I am fully. And it's interesting like we're recording this in Pride Month and like that I think is really the the heart of pride is just saying this is who I am. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm just going to show it. And you can like it. You can not like it. But I need for you to... And it's not even like I need for you to know so much as I need to know who I am. Right. And I need to say it fully. Mm -hmm. Right. My mom was the same, like wanted to be in the Peace Corps, wanted to do all of these like adventurous things, and then had me during college. Um, And... I think that, you know, well, when you're talking about, like, wildest dreams, like, maybe sometimes I was wilder than she, like, expected or was ready for. Or I think there were sometimes also where I was kind of living the life maybe that she had wanted. And she had opinions on how it should be done, (laughs) you know? Literally, exactly. I mean, truly, so... I actually used to have a shirt that said, I'm my ancestor's wildest dreams. I always wore it on travel days. It was like a whole fucking thing. But <laughs> when I thought of it, I was very much thinking of my ancestors who survived slavery. And I'm yes. like, yeah, this was the dream for me to be able to like be getting on planes and going to teach yoga all over the world. Yeah, absolutely the dream. But then I think about last year. So one of the things that you can see on my OnlyFans is my shibari practice, my rope practice. And last year I had an experience where a rope partner and I did an ex an exhibition as a part of SF San Francisco Pride. And so I was tied outside and it was just like this really when I was it was a really powerful experience and I would really recommend rope work to anyone just as like a somatic healing exercise but um, looking back at the photos of it I was like wow this is really calling up slavery in a way that I had not considered and thinking about the fact that like my rope partner is white she was tying me in this like predominantly white space I Mm. am black I am being tied it's very much like it's calling up auction block it's giving so much and I just thought like was this their wildest dream I'm just wondering because like (laughs) maybe not but at the same time yes To have this deeper realization of self, to be able to look and have a more complex conversation about everything that is not Mm -hmm. just about, is it good or bad or right or wrong? Absolutely. So I just feel like, because we never really know what our dreams are ultimately. 
So that like, and this is even to the point of your mother, like it's so hard to see your child. I can imagine it being so hard to see your child live your dream and be like, yeah, but you're not doing it right. And, and I wouldn't do it the way that you're doing it. And like, and this isn't quite right. And I think that my mother probably feels that way about me. So it's just, and also like as a parent too, I know that there is some fear that enters into it sometimes too, because I'm like, I just, you know, I still want to parent my kids, even though they're adults, because I just don't want to see them get slammed by life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see them be hurt. But Mm -hmm. You know, as we were talking about at the beginning of the interview, like that is part of life. They will, there's nothing I can do to cover them. There's nothing I can do to shield them from all the hurt in in life. And I shouldn't be trying to. It's selfish, actually, to try to. It's totally, it's you trying to protect yourself. It's always us trying to protect ourselves, like trying to, like, um, <clears throat> I think it's where, you know, homophobia comes from too this fear of like how other people will perceive you and like trying to protect we're trying to protect each other and then it ends up coming off as violence unintentionally and it's just always coming from a fear of what is someone going to think about me am I safe did I do it right and to me the best part of life is that that can be enough just to notice that Yes. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah. Jessamine, we always ask our guests to share like a pivot story, like mm-hmm. a, a, a time in their life when they thought they were doing one thing and then something happened and they had to change things up. Or I feel like you've probably had a, a great many pivots, but is there one? Yeah, I've had, I've had a few pivots. Um, yeah. The first one that came up, though, I was thinking about when I was in graduate school, I had just started practicing yoga. I was really very depressed during that time. And um, it was like my my high school girlfriend that I mentioned earlier, she and I had broken up and I did not know a world without being with her. And um, I was doing this work. I was working in nonprofit arts management and I had just come to a place of not feeling spiritually connected to the work. I didn't have the words for this at the time. At the time I was just like, I'm really sad and depressed. And, um, and then my apartment got robbed, like oh, kind of out of nowhere, literally while I was at yoga class oh, and, oh, um, and they stole my computer. And then, um, you know, I come home, my apartment's been broken into whatever you figured out. I got a new computer. A month later, my apartment got robbed again. And that time no. they took my my partner and my computer. And I was like, I think it's time to leave. I think the universe <laughs> is saying that it's time to move on. And so I yeah. had this realization of like, I'd always wanted to go to culinary school, but I felt like I was so far down the path of arts management that how could I do this thing? And I was literally in graduate school and I just went and talked to the head of school and I was like, told him how I was feeling. He and I had never had an in-depth conversation before this, but he gave me the greatest advice. He was like, if you need to leave, if it's time for you to leave, it's time to go. And I was just like, cool. Technically, I'm still on a leave of absence from graduate school. And, and, <laughs> so the, and then also like lesser known 
fact is that I did go to culinary school and I have a culinary arts degree. So I like, but it was a huge pivot. And like, when I did this, like, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a job. I moved to a new town. My partner had just moved there. They were living in a very tiny apartment with another person and they had like a twin size bed in their room. They and I would like switch off with who was sleeping in the bed. So like one of us would sleep on the floor and the other would sleep on the bed. And I just had all my shit in my car and my car was like my closet for a couple months. And um, and then during that time... Um, a bunch of shit happened. One of the things that I talked about in Everybody Yoga is that my aunt passed away and she and I were very close. And it led me into this period of depression that ultimately then facilitated my yoga practice because I was like, what was making me feel good before? Was it yoga? Okay, I just have to figure out how to do this right. I couldn't afford to practice in studios, but I was like, I'll just figure out how to practice at home. And by that point, we had moved into this like tiny apartment and I would push all the furniture out of this one corner of the house and that was like my yoga space. I had my dad's old Pilates mat and I was like, this is what I'm doing. And I would just practice the same yoga poses over and over again. The ones that I knew from the Bikram sequence that I felt comfortable doing. And that practice, <clears throat> I started photographing it because I wanted to watch my progress over time. And then I started sharing that practice on social media because I wanted to connect with other yoga practitioners. And that practice of doing those few yoga postures in my living room and sharing them on social media has turned into my career as it is now. So oh had I not pivoted, none of this would have happened. Wow. But it was a scary pivot for sure. <laughs> very, very scary. I mean, mo I mean I'm going to be real. Most pivots are. Right. Yeah. Then exactly. you like, you look at here we are, you know, here exactly. we are. Exactly. Today. Here we are. <laughs> It was, it's, a, it's been a, it's been a time, but I'm, I'm grateful for the bumps and the curves. And I feel like that's, it's that way with every pivot, every part in life is like, there are parts of it that are hard and there are parts of it that are not hard. And in mm -hmm. order to have the parts that are not hard, you got to have the hard parts. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's everything. <sighs> Jessamine. Such a huge fan yes. of yours. I, I'm Same. so happy that we got the opportunity to talk to you in person and meet you. And now I feel like we're friends. Oh my God. Yes, please. I know. Literally. I feel like it too. Let's hang out. Literally. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I was like, when's your next retreat? Are we coming? Totally. Yes. Yeah, so we're actually doing a retreat in September or in October in, in North Carolina. But if y'all are ever in Northern California, come say hi. And okay. We will. Well, this time we're yeah. here. There. Yeah. <laughs> this time we're there. Um, it was the such best. a delight to talk to you. And guys, you can go to the underbelly.com. You can follow Jessamine on Instagram. You can go to OnlyFans. You buy can buy the book. Buy a book, Everybody Yoga. There's two. There's two books. What's the other book? Wait. The other book is Yoke My Yoga of Self Acceptance. Yeah. Yoke My Yoga of Self Acceptance. You can buy a book. There are so many ways. Also, we go, hi, your cannabis justice organization, which I'm a big believer, yes. supporter in as a white lady who likes to smoke weed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We believe no one should be in jail for weed. That's right. No, especially, especially not black not and brown exactly. people who have consistently been thrown in jail. For weed. It's time to, to fix all of that. 
Um, is it wegohigh.org or dot wegohigh.info? Wegohigh.info. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me, a white lady who likes to smoke weed, <laughs> might I recommend checking out how you can be of support to Jessamine's organization providing cannabis justice, guys. Um, and then there's the naked yoga. Maybe we just all get into it. And you know what I do want to say? I do a naked downward dog almost always before I get into the shower. Oh, that's it. And I just realized that. It's, a, like, it's, it's the gateway. That's the, I was you know say, that's I mean? the gateway drug. <laughs> For sure. You have to. I love that so much and so dearly. And, <laughs> and I hope that the next time that you naked downward facing dog, it's with me on OnlyFans. Oh my God, that would be that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love it. Y'all are such um, a delight. Oh my God. Thank goodness. you. So are you. Thanks, Justin. So nice to Wonderful meet you. Wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having me so much. I'll see y'all sometime in the future. Yeah. We okay. Will, Enjoy sure. your day. Later. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Hello. Hello, Jessamine was so great, right? She was amazing. I'm so glad we had her on. And it's a lot of the stuff I've been like thinking about the last few days. And I don't know, it just all felt like I truly forgot that we had booked her (laughs) as a guest. (laughs) Giles, come on. You know me. You're not always looking at your calendar every second. No, I'm not. Who is? (laughs) But um, most people, most people know what the fuck they're doing. I'm not one of them. Uh, but, and then I was just kind of like, I was very rushed and I was late and I didn't have in my shit set up cause I got all new stuff. I got to say something though, Case. What? Well, fingers crossed. We haven't like, I haven't gotten the files off yet. Yeah. However, I do want to say this recorder is plugged into the wall, getting power uh-huh. and the computer. Okay. And it's working? Great. So, because if you remember, guys, both of my previous Zoom recorders could not be plugged into the wall for some reason. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, it's a really imperfect science still. Mm, Seems like it shouldn't be. I I would agree. I would tend to agree with you. I know. I was trying to... to The debacle about the rental car. Oh no, what happened with your rental car? I don't know. Should I just save it and write it in the Substack? No, no, because yeah, tell it. All right. So, guys, strap in. Um, I was feeling, definitely feeling fucking weird, right? Like when I got here and as the plane landed, I don't know. I like started crying. Like I just got like, I got just fucking weird. It was just, I just felt weird on the plane. I sort of blame Mark because we've turned him into a witch a little bit. And I sort of blame him (laughs) because when I was on the plane, well, he had a whole, when he got here, he had a whole debacle trying to rent the car or the car that he had rented on. I, I don't even fucking know. I wasn't, I wasn't here. I don't know. But he had a whole debacle with the car rental when he Uh got here. So on, when I was on the plane, I was like, oh, I'll just, so he didn't have a car rent. Normally we like rent a car that we can share and back and whatever. 
but there was, he had to turn it back in, blah, 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 blah. So I had to rent a car and I had, again, because I was being, I was pushing it because I was, I was pushing everything because I didn't really, I was like dreading coming here for reasons that we've discussed and reasons that we haven't and just like life. Okay. And on the plane, I was like, but you know what? It's good. Cause I am always looking for an opportunity to get more miles for my status, right? <laughs> for my airplanes. So, yes. um, so I was like, so it's fine. So I'll just, um, I'll book it through my, my, whatever, my like frequent flyer thing. Cause they have like partners and these, and there's two different rental companies that you can like use. And they listed them both. And like their prices and their cars. And I picked one. Now the last, to be fair, I've rented with this company before, but not at, not at the airport. And the last time I rented a car at the airport, it was the other company. But and I'm not calling out the companies because you know what? Anyway. So the plane lands, I cry. Oh, fuck. I'm like, Jesus Christ. What's going to happen? What am I doing? What's happening? God, but okay, okay. I get my bags. I schlep them. Oh, on the plane. This is why Mark's the witch. Because on the plane, I was texting with him because I was trying to find like my special number where I can like avoid the line because I knew I had one. He couldn't find it. So then I went with this other company. Mm. And he also said that that's not why he's the witch. He said, ugh, don't rent a car at the airport. Just go straight. Just take a car to the like to the house where Bertie is, and then just go rent a car later. I was like, I don't want to fucking do that. I want to just get it done. You right. know. So anyway, I get to the schlep my bags across the intersection. And I had too many bags. It just is what it is, guys. I packed too much because I was late and I didn't know about Casey's color story fucking <laughs> bullshit. I already am like, I have nothing to wear. By the way, right. I have two huge suitcases full of shit that I have unpacked because you know that's the first thing I do whenever I get yeah. anywhere. And I have, I like every day look at it and I'm like, I don't know what I'm wearing. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what I'm getting here. This oh, is so- no. I know. My, my color story could have helped you. A hundred percent. Two jean jackets busy? No. Absolutely not, ma'am. Two oversized jean jackets. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Aww. Anyway, then I see, like, normally also LAX is very busy. It's super chaotic right now because it's under construction. Yes. Um, it's been chaotic for years because of this construction. But it also is like, I had arrived at like literally the perfect time of day in Los Angeles. It was like 7.30 p.m. So the sun was setting. The sky was beautiful. And normally you have to wait. I My experience with the rental car buses is that you like never catch the one that's there. Right. And you have to wait for another one to come. And then like there's tons of people and then you have to stop at every other terminal and like pick up more people. And it's... A whole ordeal. I see, I see the blue bus coming right, right <laughs> as I get there to the spot where you're supposed to be waiting. Nice. 
And I like wave, like, hey, like get me. And he pulls over and this guy comes to get, like to help me with my bags because he could clearly see there's no one on the bus. And he comes out of the middle door to like help me with my bags. And I hand him a 20 at the, at the beginning of my journey because I'm like, I'm going to tip this guy for helping me. These are heavy fucking suitcases. I know. I don't want to lift them. And like, I want him to know that I'm tipping him so that he like doesn't feel salty about it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Because I do think that sometimes people don't tip those, the guys on the rental car buses. Oh, I think they hardly ever do. Oh, really? I, d- I mean, I think that's one of the ones that people skimp on. Yeah. Rude. Anyway, guys, if you're listening, at least five. Come on. Give, give the guy or two, two bucks. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Give him, yeah. Or lady, gal, or non-gendered. Why am I gendering things? Give the person. Give the driver. Fuck. Okay. So, but he's... I hand him the 20 as he goes to grab my bag and he looks at me and he's like, are you kidding? Thank you. And I was like, of course, dude, I need your help. Like, thank you. And he puts the bags on. The 90s R&B music that he is playing is so fucking loud. It's blasting. <laughs> my the dream. Bus, the bus is empty. <laughs> oh, it was, I was like, Oh, hell yeah. You've got the jam going on in here. And he's like, yeah, you like it? Cranked it up even more. And then because he was like singing loudly and then I started singing and I got like a little teary even. And I was like, this is going to be, this is good. Like, this is a good fucking sign. This guy, we like chatted. We were singing. He didn't fucking stop for anyone else. just us on this bus. And he just like went, I was not the last terminal, but he just like went for it. But it's like a solid, we were together for a solid, like, well, I can do it. I can do the math through songs. This is a solid five songs that we sang together. Just like, I was like, it turned my entire moment around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew I had another, normally I never have cash, which is also why I think sometimes people don't tip because yes. I think they forget to get cash because yes. no one has cash anymore. Yes. But I, I knew I had gotten cash because I knew I was traveling and I might need cash. Right. But I hadn't broken it down. But so I was like, but you know what? I'm going to give this guy another 20 because this guy has turned my fucking trip around. Yeah. So we get off. I knew that it was the start of his shift and he was doing a graveyard shift. Yeah. But we were best friends. Yeah. And so I was like, here, I I'm, I want to give you this too because you're you need to start this night off, right? And like that dance party changed my whole mood and I'm just like so grateful. And he's like, oh my God, you're the best. And I'm like, you are. <laughs> I go in, there's no fucking line. I couldn't believe it. And I was so upset because I didn't have the um, number for the other rental place so that I could like avoid the line and just get the car or whatever. Right. But there was no line. But there was no line at this one. I'm like, this is, everything is going my way. And I go up, I am like, things are changed in my brain. I'm like thinking about, I had texted Birdie's, Birdie and the um, babysitter that was with her. And I was like, why don't you got, why don't we meet halfway and we can have dinner together and da 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 da. 
the lady like takes my ID and my credit card and she, the, she's got the reservation and she's like, actually, you know, you have this kind of car um, reserved, but you know, I could like upgrade you to a, a the Jeep, blah, 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 Jeep thing, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And then she's like, right. I just needed the credit card that has uh, the name that matches your driver's license. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, the name that matches your driver's license. And I was like, right. Well, oh, I don't have one because um, my driver's license says Elizabeth, um, but Busy's like my legal alias and it's the name I work under. So all my, all like it's the name I get paid under. So all my credit cards and da, 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 da. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. I mean, it's like, I've done this before. I've rented cars since I was 25 and I've stayed in hotels and like, this is a thing. I know that this is a thing, but like I, you know, it's, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I just hold on. I hold on one second. I just have to. And then her manager comes over and she's like looking and you can tell by the, when the woman, when she walks over, it's like, she's not having anything in this moment in her life. Like not having it, not having any of it, not having me, but it's not just me. It's like everything fucking not having it. And she's like, you don't have ID with this name on it with busy on it. And I was like, well, no, because it's, I'm like, but you can literally like look it up. I'm, I'm not trying to be weird, but like you can Google it on your own. Right. Phone. And the woman who had been helping me was like, no, I know who you are. I just, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. I can't, I would get in trouble. And I was like, oh, okay. I just, this has never happened to me before. And I yeah. went to her at this place like a couple months ago and it didn't happen then. And the manager's like, well, that's, I don't know. That's not, that's, we can't do it. And I was like, well, no, I mean, but you have to be able to do it, right? Like you can't not do it. And she's like, no, we can't do it. I'm sorry. Unless you give me a credit card that says Elizabeth, I can't rent you a car. And I was like, right. But here's what I'm going to say. I just would offer that there must be a way to do it because I have done it so many times. And like, and this is where like, you know, I started to get like, oh my God. Because she was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And what happened in that moment in my head was 17 billion things because that's the way that it always is for me. Yeah. You know, but I was like, Los Angeles does not want me here. <sighs> they have like, this is the, the universe has sent this small woman here look me in the eyes and tell me it's not possible for you to be here. Like you have to leave actually. Maybe you can try somewhere else because I'm not going to do a goddamn thing for you. And I was like, no, no, no. But I, I, and I like got like welly up and I was like, like, my, you know, like I started yeah, to get like yeah. thin and yeah. high, high and thin and like yes. choked up kind of. I was like, please don't fucking do this busy. <sighs> And then, and then also I got fucking angry because right. I was just like, what is your goddamn problem? <laughs> like, right. You can't fucking, this is insane. Like it's insane. Also, what? I literally have rented a car here before. Which they been- should have been able to look up. I would feel like. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have an account. Yeah. 
But she was like, just, and so then, and then I did a thing and I saw, and I, which I regret. And it was because I knew it, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, shut the fuck up. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. Don't say it, Busy. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, well, maybe you could call someone else because obviously the person that was managing the last time I was here knew how to do it. So it must be something that's just, that you just don't know how to do. Like a real Uh. fucking cunt. Like (laughs) Like I was like real fucking cunty. Now, in my defense, I do want to say she was bringing full cunt from the moment she walked over. Yeah. But still, you can't meet full cunt with full cunt because then (laughs) you know what gets accomplished? Nothing. And do you know what happened in that exact moment? What? She looks at my license and my credit card and she's like, you're right. They probably do, but I'm the only one here. And as she hands it back to me, my driver walks in from from the back to talk to, he's like, yo, I got to talk to you about da-da-da. And she looks over at him and he's like, you better hook her up. She's the fucking best. And she hands me my license and credit card and she's like, good luck. And turns to walk and he's like, what's happening? And I was like, oh my God. Oh my fucking God. And I start to like lose my shit. And he's like, no, yo, she's the best, blah, blah, blah. And then they start talking. And then I like grab my shit and, I, and then I was mad at the woman who checked me in, too. Right. Because I was like, you couldn't have just fucking done it? Like, why'd you right. have to get her? You know? I, right. I was just like, ah! I grabbed, but I didn't, you know, like, I was just sort of like spinning. You were just thinking it, yeah. And I grabbed my shit, and I left. Like, I walked out the door. Yeah. Meanwhile, I picked the one fucking rental car company at LAX that's its own goddamn island. There's no other fucking rental car places around it. Everything else is like Alamo, Excedrin, fucking El- blah, 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 like Lorenz or whatever. The fu- there's 47 other places where you go and there's like 17 all different one place. car rentals. Yeah. This is like the one that is just its own island and blocks away from any mm. other rental place and totally fenced in. So how am I even fucking calling an Uber? And then I was like, do I go find the driver and ask him to drive me somewhere? Like I was, and meanwhile, Birdie's now texting me. It's been a full hour she, or like right. 45 minutes. She's like, where are you? What's happening? What's going on? Da, 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 da. I was like, Bertie, I don't know what to tell you. They were refusing to rent me a car. We're, and she's like, that's fine. I don't want to go out to eat anyway. Let's just order food. And I was like, okay. I mean, sure. Um, but then she also wrote, WTF, they wouldn't rent dad a car either. And I was like, I know, because Los Angeles wants us to fucking leave. <laughs> and oh like, I was just like losing my shit. I literally, so then I was like trying to find my driver I don't know why I was like, he's going to help me. I just thought well, he Well, you gave him 40 bucks. Maybe he would try to do you a solid. Well, I he think was. That, I, think I think that was, was. It was a good plan to look for him. So, but I couldn't find him. So then I go back in. I, then I'm like holding my bags. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Then I like calm. I take some breaths. Yeah. I go back to the lady who initially had helped me. And I was like, this is ridiculous. There has to be something we can do. Like, we, we got to figure this out. She's like, I know, I know. Hold on. Let me just, I'll be back. So she disappears. So I'm just standing there 
There's no one in the place. And then this other guy comes out and he's like, I'll help who's ever next. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe you can do it. And I hand him my license and my thing. And he's like, um, checking me in. And he's like, wait, have you already rented a car? And I was, he's like, do you already have the car? Are you, you already rented a car? And I was like, I don't know. I, I was like, I thought maybe it would just work. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. But like, clearly the process had already gone too far. Right. That, in, on their end or whatever. So it looked like, I don't know what it looked like. Right. I was like, no, I don't, honestly, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I, I'm just trying to get a car. I just, I don't know. And he's like, hold on. And then he took my driver's license and my credit card and went to the back. So I'm like, fuck me. So I'm just standing there like texting furiously with, Mark and with Emily Beebe, who was like, "Fun, just leave, and I'll come, like, and I'll and get an Uber, and I'll and we'll I'll take you to a car rental place tomorrow. We'll get you a car." And I was like, "I'm not fucking now. I know, I've put in now almost an hour of my life. Right. Like, I'm getting this car. Whether <laughs> I I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I was just like, you didn't invest any time. Yeah, I invested so much time, and I was like, I'm just." I just want this car. So then everyone, oh wait, so then my driver came back out. Just oh him, God. alone. And I was like, dude, what is going on? And he's like, I don't know. She's on one. I, it's, they can figure it out. I got you though. I'm like fighting for you back there. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate it. fighting for you back there. And then for some reason, because I was like, I thought maybe like he would, I don't know. I thought, I was like, does she just like, she just doesn't like white checks? The movie is what I meant. And he was like, yeah. no, you know, it's not that. I don't think. I mean, maybe a little, but, and I was like, no, I meant the movie. Wait, cause I'm in, did you, oh, <laughs> I, everything's wrong right now. <gasps> and he was like, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. So he left again. Then everybody comes back. Everyone. Now I want to explain to you what has happened in the amount of time. There's a full line snaking all the way out the door. Oh my God. There are three people plus my driver now around a computer. The manager lady's back. She's softened. She has softened like a cream cheese. You leave out on the counter. And she was like, I called the manager, the general manager, who's not here, who's at home, but I called her. And she just wants me to make sure that it's you. And I was like, I will do anything you need me to do. I will <laughs> perform for you. I will. What can I do to prove that there's and weirdly, here's the thing, like being famous and being on television since I was 19 years old has gotten me so much in my life. So many like tables at restaurants that are full and like backstage passes to concerts and celebrities that my kids love sending videos to them and people that I'm a fan of coming and talking to me at a place. And 
in this moment in time, in this rental car company at LAX, no one gave a fuck that they could look up who I was, watch me talk, like make sure it was me that matched the credit card that also my picture matched my license. It was as if I was like, it was really interesting because I was like, just look it up. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to tell you. Right. And, and the one woman, like the woman who had helped me initially was like, no, I know. I told her that from the beginning. Like, I know who you are. I, I watched Cougar Town. Like, I know who you are. And it was just really interesting how she was like, and so then she's on the phone with the manager who's at home. Oh, cause she's like, she was insistent on getting a second form of ID with my picture that said busy. What would that be? Honey. Block, blockbuster video card. <laughs> I pulled out, I was like, here's my insurance card that says busy. Here's my Screen Actors Guild card that says busy. Here's my Nordstrom Rewards card that says busy. Here are all of my credit cards. Here's an American Express. Like, you know, like American, and I literally said, I was like, American Express doesn't fuck around. <laughs> you know, like they make you pay them the entire amount that you've spent that month. That's how much <laughs> they don't fuck around. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell. I don't have anything else. But if you look me up online, you can Google me and you right. can see a picture that says busy right. that also right. underneath that says Elizabeth. And she just was like, that's not an ID. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do <laughs> because this is just where we are now. Oh my God. On the phone with the, man, the lady. I'm not even kidding. This is like how long, like not even how long. It took longer than this. To get to this point. Remarkably, it took longer than this oh to get to this point. And she's on the phone with the lady and she presses mute. And she's like, I'm just going to trust that it's you. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And she clicks back the unmute and she's like, yeah, I saw it. It's her. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, thank you so much. Oh my <laughs> God. So she walks away and the lady who works there is like, okay. Let me get you this. Okay, we're going to do this. Here's here's the car. She's like, oh, shit. I got to get her to put this, like, code in. <laughs> okay, great. She comes back over. She puts a fucking code in. And I was like, and the lady was like, I'm so sorry. This was really, I'm really sorry. And I was like, it's okay. It's not your your fault. It's nobody's yeah. fault. Yeah. We're, we're all doing, we're all doing our best. Here. <laughs> And I got to the car. <laughs> and it and I got inside. I put the luggage in the trunk. I had to find it in like the dark. Now it's like dark out. Yeah. It's eight fifty. It's almost nine o'clock at night. Okay. Oh my God. If you remember, I got on the bus at 730. Yeah. 10 minutes later, I was 7.40. It's nine at night now. I'm leaving. Um, 
in the dark, like through this parking lot, had to, with my lugging these fucking bags, had to find this car, got in, got the luggage in the car. As I like put the car down, I was like, ugh, that's weird. It's like where I touched was kind of like gross. Get in the car and I look and I'm like, you can't see out the front window. It's like covered in like, um, like bug splatter and like bird shit. Like, then I look to try to look out the mirrors and they're all, they're like, I don't even, the only word I can, it's as if somebody has smeared Crisco over (laughs) both of them, (laughs) over both of the side view mirrors. And I was like, I fucking love it. And I like got, I just fucking went for it. I just left. Oh my God. I wasn't about to go back and be like, you know what? I'm going to need a car that's clean, not covered in shit and Crisco. (gasps) Oh my God. Maybe just a car that has been, has been rubbed down a bit. No, I fuck it. I was like, it's, I'm out of (sighs) here. And then I really wished I hadn't left my weed in New York because I was just like, I didn't, I don't bring weed to, to LA because this is the city of weed. Right. And, and I was I, really bummed about it. Right. And I was also, but then I also was like, but if I was, if I got high right now, I literally would probably pass out. Like I can't, I don't even know what would have happened. So I was like, you know what? That's actually, that's actually a good thing the universe did for me. Yeah. And I got to my house and Emily came over to bring me a bottle of wine because I didn't know if there was going to be wine there. But Mark had thoughtfully gotten me Uh a bottle of wine that was there in the fridge. But then Birdie was pissed that Emily came over because she felt like I, you know, guys, you can't fucking win. I'm just like, it's an Emily laugh. Yeah. What? Competitive. Sure. (laughs) Also like, I mean, it was, there were ups and downs. There were ups and downs. There were that, ups and downs. That was a real roller coaster. Wasn't prepared for it myself, I got to tell you. <sighs> Sometimes I try to think, like, when a person is... Because uh, Lord knows I've had similar experiences with people that are, you know, not like being like, you can Google me or whatever, but just like people that are not hearing... Well, you remember when I went to the DMV and the lady crumbled up my, like, ticket number in front of my face because she just decided that she didn't want to help me get my driver's license? (laughs) Do you remember that? Yes. (laughs) She literally crumbled it up in my face like a movie scene and threw it in the garbage. And then later, her manager came over and made her take it out of the garbage and flatten it out. And, like, but, like, thank God you know, there was some resolution to it. But in that case, I was like, what is like making this person like this? Like sometimes I try to think and sometimes I feel like I come up with an answer about why somebody is just handling their business like that. But sometimes I'm like, I'm just, there is no answer. There is no satisfying answer. But this is what I was going to say. There's no satisfying answer. Right. And there's also like, I don't know, maybe I looked like a fucking Karen. I don't know. Maybe I looked, maybe I looked like somebody she didn't like. Maybe I looked like, maybe she doesn't like the movie White Chicks. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe she's yeah, like, or like, or maybe she's just like was at the end of her shift and couldn't give two fucks and was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going out on a limb for you, girl. I don't know you. And like, sorry. Right. These are the rules. And right. we're just going to, and by the way, I get, I mean, I get, I get what it's, it is their, I guess it's their policy, but yeah. I never had a manager not understand. And also then Mark was like, maybe you get a credit card that says Elizabeth, <laughs> just like, just in case. Just in case. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I'm going to say if I had to, if I had to like make up a story of what was going on, I think sometimes in businesses like this, like that are like huge international multinational corporations where someone's like a local manager. Sometimes I think that they're like in the present term, their autonomy to manage their business has been eroded so much. And they're, they're like lectured so much on policy or whatever that, you know, I'm sure people are afraid to like break the rules, but that being said, like you have to be quick to like, do something about it. Like, you can't just tell someone. <laughs> I mean, you can, but I feel like you can't really just tell someone, like, I, nobody can help you here, you know? But <sighs> I'm sure she was... Hard. It was also hard because I did... I was like, I recognize, I guess, with what you're saying to me. Now, I, no one has ever said... That. By the way, I do want to say, no one has ever said that to me before right. at any of the rental companies that I've rented cars at, including that one. Right. No one has ever said to me, oh, this is against our policy, but I'll do it for you. No right. one, I have never gotten that message. So this is the first time. So like, it's new information for me, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm, I'm like, it's not on me that no one has said to me right. before, oh, th- you know what our policy is, but it's okay. I know who you are. Right. No one has ever even fucking said that. And had that, like, because I was, you know, I do try to fucking check myself and my privilege. I really fucking do. I do. Yeah. And, and, but I am telling you, because even Mark was like, no one's ever said that. What, what are you talking, like, he's been with me for 15 years. We've, I've rented cars and checked into hotels and shit. Right. Because also I would remember that. I'd be like, oh, I can't rent at that company. Right, because you wouldn't want to repeat. No. Yeah. And by the way, never again, because I will never risk it again until I get my photo ID that says Busy Phyllis. (laughs) (laughs) Your real ID. I got to get my real ID, guys. That's just Busy Phyllis. Oh, my God. Wow. That's the, that was the part where I was just like, that was the part where I was like getting so upset because she was acting as if this was like a thing that I have known and that, and she's like, well, then you obviously, and I was like, no, no one's ever, I mean, it just must be, you're just not doing the right thing. You know, like that was what, which is again, insulting someone is not the way to get what you want (laughs) is all I'm going to say. Right. Holy shit. It was such a debacle. It just wasn't, it wasn't a great moment for either of you in that situation. And then it's so, I mean, it's just so weird that like you had to go through it with other people like spectating. Oh, it's rough. But also like 
Car rentals, DMVs, those are frustration factories. That's what I will say. Like, when does it ever go smoothly? You know what I mean? So who knows what the fuck? I know is that I was so grateful that as I was getting off the bus, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to give this guy another 20 bucks. I'm going <laughs> to over tip this guy because he's the best. Because he I brought really, sunshine. I really do actually. Because he brought sunshine. Because he was just like sparkly and lovely. And like, even though he was like beginning his job, which is the graveyard shift, as he yeah. said, like, he was just like, whatever, in a good, like, he was just being nice. Yeah. And, and I had it. I have, yeah. you know, and I really do think he fought for me. <laughs> I really do think he made the difference. I'm not kidding. I really think that like he went back because they clearly are friends. Like I could, yeah. you know, anyone who's comes from trauma, guys, you can, I can, I got everyone's fucking number in that foursome. Yeah. Even the guy who then took my license and um, credit card because that guy... He just wanted to be involved in the drama. He was just excited. <laughs> he was excited. And then like came back with everybody. And the manager was like, what are you doing here? No, let's go help somebody. There was a huge line. Like it was oh like so God. every, I knew everyone's like relationship with every piece of it. Like yes. intuitively. Oh and I could God. tell that, that, that the driver and the manager are like buddies, work buddies. And, the, and that she likes him and he's a good guy. Like, I could tell all of those things. Right. And she's probably a very good person, too, who's, yeah. like, had a day or a few days or a life like we all fucking have. Yeah. But I, I do, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. It was a fucking thing. It was a whole fucking thing. And then I, like, and then I do the thing I do, which is I ascribe too much meaning to it, which is that right. Los Angeles is trying to kick me out again. Right. Just that one lady. You know, just her. <laughs> just that one lady's trying to kick you out. It's very, it's so stressful for me because you know one of my most hated movies is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And this is like a scene directly out of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I do not find it fun to watch that movie. I know everyone loves it. I'm the I don't person. Like I don't like it. It's not fun for me to watch uh, to watch people going through rough times. I don't like people struggling. Yeah, it's not it's not my fave. I went on a podcast one time where the point of the podcast was to tell them why a movie that everybody loves is terrible and uh I had many reasons, but that is lit- it's quite literally a scene from Planes, Trains and Automobiles and I'm sorry that it happened to you in real life and I'm glad it got straightened out. But kind of like what we were talking about with Jessamyn about like happiness not being like a continuum, not being like a straight solid line of happiness. Right. I'm glad that you had the happy bus ride. Yeah, the joy. To prime you for the situation you are about to face. Which was something else. And you knew the difference in the bitter taste of that interaction between the sweet taste that you had just experienced on that bus. And then you got like a little sweet again in the end because you got a car, albeit covered in bird shit barely like, drivable. It, like Birdie and I took it through the one of those like gas station drive through. Yeah, yeah. Things, and it's still dirty. Like I 
<laughs> like it it's, literally, it's disgusting. Like it is so gross <laughs> that I'm just like, I don't fucking know, man. I'm just driving this dirty. I'm going to have to pay for it to like go <laughs> be really be detailed. Yeah, I'm not kidding because you can't get, you know, bird like or bug splatter from driving like across in, on freeways. Yeah. I just know from my days of like driving from Arizona to LA, like blood blood splatter, yikes. Bug (laughs) splatter is just, it's very difficult to get off. It's persistent. Yeah. Anyway, I hope I don't sound like a brat talking about this. I just... I don't think you do. I think it's just one of those situations where like that, you know, and you're cutting the lady some slack. You're saying like, you know, she probably had shit going on and she just wasn't having you. She was humbling. It is humbling. (laughs) It is humbling. But the other thing was like, just the, like, just the disconnect of like where she then turned and was like, I can do this for you as long as you show me a picture that says, and I was like, yes, just look it up. That's all you got to just, I can show you right. on, my, on my phone or... And she's like, nope, I need it needs to be a card. And I was like, I... Huh. I don't... Now I'm... Now we're back. <gasps> back where we were. I, I don't have a... Don't have a card. Don't have a oh piece my of gosh. paper. My also, I, I can't guarantee this is what was happening at this point. But I feel like sometimes when you entrench yourself in something... Like, you entrench yourself in an argument, and there's, like, an easy enough solution to it or whatever. Sometimes I think, like, it's hard not to prolong it a little to, like, preserve, like, you know. like Yeah. 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 Oh, I could have just put this code in, and it would have been fine. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think sometimes people are like, let me throw one more difficult mini wrench into it. Right. Because, but then, I mean, you know, never had the card with my face on it. Right. Right. And I right. was sort of like looking at the counter lady and she was just like, oh, I mean, <laughs> she's like, I'm trying. I don't know. And then Cut she to- did say, she did say, she was like, um, I said, I love the, I loved that. I loved my driver. You were so nice. She, Cause she was, apo- she was so apologetic. I was right. Like, I right. Apologize. I had a really nice ride here. Right. I, you were so kind. I know you were just tra- doing your job and you don't want to get in trouble. I get it. Like, you know, and she's like, yeah, he was really, he was really back there. Like <laughs> really saying we should figure this out for you. Like, oh what God. if it's like that lady had a terrible um, experience renting a car to like some other celebrity? Well, I said to Mark, I was like, this is why celebrities don't know how to do anything for themselves because they don't do it. Right, right. Like, like that. The amount of time, like I know, like pl- guys. Here's why you never see famous people at car rental places, right? Because they go to wherever they're staying, and then someone from a company brings them a car, and it's just there for them, and then they just use it, and they don't even know. They don't, no one sees a license or a credit card, and sometimes they're paying. Sometimes it's a loaner. Sometimes from a car company, right? paying for it, but it's just like these private rental car companies that like you go through your business manager, they handle it. It shows up at your house. It's like a clean Chevy Tahoe. And then they, you know, and then you like drive it for whatever. And then they come and get it when you're out of town and you don't have any idea. You don't sign a damn thing. Like it's like everything is taken care of for you. Like famous people have all kinds of systems that are (laughs) that are in place so that they don't have to live 
regular lives. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. I know no. it. I've seen it. I've experienced it myself it's at true. times. But like... Meanwhile, yeah. this woman probably has like an experience where Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead came and then his credit cards only said Andrew Clutterbuck. And then she let him take the car and it really wasn't Andrew Lincoln or Andrew Clutterbuck and he crashed it. And she's like traumatized, maybe on uh, maybe on a warning for that. You Literally know? anything is possible. <laughs> I'm going to allow for anything. I don't know. I don't know any of the names you just mentioned. I just wanted to but, mention that Andrew Lincoln's real name is Andrew Clutterbuck, which I think is so funny. I mean, that's a name, man. That I would have kept it 100. I would have kept because it sounds like clusterfuck, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he's like he's not American, so you know. I guess. Anyway, guys, that's the story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I hope that lady's having a better uh, better days since then. And I'm just grateful that they figured they it out. They worked it out. Yeah. And I hope every every ID matched every credit card in a way that was satisfying for her and and that your I hope your bugs get off your I don't know. You're just going to drive it dirty. I mean, the rear, I will say that the side view mirror thing is like kind of upsetting still. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot like to look in the rental house to see if they had Windex or like some sort of glass. Oh my God. I bet Emily does. I just, that's the part that I'm like, I just, it's gross. Like it feels upsetting to me that it's like greasy. Like I don't understand what could have happened. Greasy bugs. That's the story of how I came to almost lose my mind <laughs> in a car rental place. And then I fucking pulled it together and I figured it out. And then I reframed the whole trip. As like, you know what? This is not my home. I'm just seeing friends. Yeah. And I don't know what the fucking future is going to be. Yeah. And maybe I'll have a fucking baby. I don't know. Probably not, but what we don't know. I'm going to say get a cat. I have two. <laughs> you have two kids. I have two cats. I've got two kids and I've got Gina. What I do want is like, I mean, I could never do it. Gina would be so upset if I got another dog. Another dog. She's not. You know, some dogs are like so happy when they have a little friend. That's yeah, she's not into it. Gina. She's not into it. I know it is, it is, it's such a weird time. And again, like I identify with what you're saying about like deciding or not deciding, having it decided for you, maybe that you're not having another child. Cause we definitely, you know, we definitely talked about it and then didn't. Um, so I, I identify with that feeling, but, um, but I just think you're so close, you know? Oh my God. And I know. And then also seeing Michelle with these, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's Birdie and I actually talked about it a little bit. Like, yeah. Cause she got this like game at Target. How well do I know you or something? She was like, yeah. this will be fun. And so it was fun. We were like, it's like just questions that you ask each other. 
Yeah. You can play with a group or just two people, or you can play it with people that you're close with or people that are strangers. Just one of those games, you know? And, um, like one of the questions she asked me was something like, what's something weird that you're kind of sad, like you're sad about or something. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of weird that I'm kind of sad that like, I don't think I'll ever have another baby. And Bernie's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I am kind of sad. Cause I love babies. She's like, you do love babies. And she's like, but like, would you really want a baby? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. She's like, cause Michelle's house seems like a and I was like, I know it does. It's a lot to yeah. have a fucking baby. Yeah. And when you're when you're not even young, you could be whatever. You could be 40 having your first baby. But when it, it's your first family time, when you're having them for the first time, yeah. it's all new to you, whatever. But I just imagine at this point with like these two grown-ups essentially going back and like I don't even know I, I don't even know I don't know yeah Seems yeah like it would be very difficult and also it's like the the beating of a moth swing like it would just change every you know it would change the forward trajectory of everyone's life so much which maybe you know maybe you want to do that maybe some people want know. to do that but you have but, to think about also, it by the way there's I'm literally not even dating anyone There's that too. Do you know what I mean? Like there are so many pieces to this thing. It's like mourning. And I, that's what I was saying. Like I'm letting go of ideas. It's like mourning a thing that's not even on the table in any meaningful way. It's just like an idea of a thing that I'm like, I never, am going to have that thing again. And it's right. And Lita's, my therapist's point was like, what, you don't even know. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Well, I have said to friends that have felt similarly, would you go and have a baby by yourself right now? Absolutely not. Then it's not a baby that you're, you know what I mean? Then it's not really the baby. It's like the whole deal that you're thinking about. You know what I mean? Well, no, I know. No, I know. Because because that's part of like being divorced too. Right. Right. And also, Alfie? I just watched Alfie attempt and fail at jumping up on the couch, which is not that high, like <laughs> six times. He couldn't do it. Aww. Oh, guys, Alfie. Poor he little Alfie. He's wearing a little pride bandana. He's so cute. He got a little haircut. He looks a so good. haircut. He's wearing his pride bandana. <laughs> Alfie, you're just adorable. I also was like so sad I didn't have Gina with me in that moment, Aww. like in all the moments, but like just I was like, oh, she really actually is an, emo- an emotional an emotional support dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's a good one. Oh, I got a good pick. I got a good pick. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I well, guys, don't think it's possible to, to say any more of this. Horse. <laughs> you don't know what that means. I don't like it though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, we love you. Ugh. And we'll talk to you soon. And so soon. Have a good week and good luck if you rent a car or Guys, try to open a bathroom or travel door. Or try to open a bathroom door or... <laughs> 
just like literally anything, anything. (laughs) We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.